The ERs here in Portland, I cannot really describe how much better they are than ERs in Boston. Why did you need a shout, shout out, out to ER? To healthcare in the West Coast, on the West Coast. They were so nice to me in the emergency department. Like in Boston, they're so meaty. They're like, no, no, sit down. We'll be with you in three hours. They literally said that to you. Three hours is the wait for you to see a nurse. And then the doctor is more like five or six. How long did you wait? Today? Yeah. First of all, I had to like become a patient at the hospital, right? They didn't know who the hell I was, right? Still about a little over an hour. In the door to out the door. That's pretty good. And they apologized profusely at the whole time. They're like, I'm sorry this is taking so long. <laughs> Why were you at the hospital? I've gone in the emergency. This is the fourth time for me this week in the emergency department. That's what happens when a bat comes in your house. You just end up getting a lot of rabies shots. Hmm. This would be normally the intro to our podcast, but or I think we're not going to do an intro for this three-hour podcast. This, this, yeah. this will only be part of the edit for the Soccer Thread podcast, not for, not for the, the Yogish's podcast. Yeah, if this was a Soccer Thread podcast, we'd do 45 minutes on bats and then 15 minutes on soccer. Easily. Rap. Easily. An easy 45 on bats. Easy 45 on bats. Welcome, everyone, to episode 18 of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yogesh Routh. I forgot how to say the name of my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is a, another special episode. It's our fourth topic-specific episode and our first full reunion episode. I tried to get one two episodes ago, but I finally uh, succeeded in reuniting the entire lineup from a previous episode, in this case, episode 29, the previous crossover with the Soccer Thread podcast. And we're yeah. Gonna, yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're now doing another crossover with them, which will once again be themed entirely around the beautiful game of soccer or football for the rest of the world. Backed by popular demand. Sometimes we're the French Fry podcast, but this is yeah. going to be a soccer-themed reunion. By popular demand, I mean that the Soccer Third podcast demanded it. Uh, yeah. Yogesh <laughs> finally, so finally acquiesced to our, to our requests. Stop badgering me. <laughs> All right, so thank you to our top Patreon subscriber, Darren Monk, and to all the other Patreons, Adam Hahn, Christine Welchel, Isaac Rennert, Andrew Darby, Cody Wilson, Ben Rothenberg, Patrick Friel, Jeremy Horwitz, Dargan Ware, Joe Graziak, Anthony Garino, Adam Villani, Peter Broda, David Croson, Mike Jesiorski, and our newest, Tim Robert Gomez. And to anyone listening, your name could go here. We sign up at patreon.com slash recreational thinking. Our guests today are Mike Samuelson, Colin Smith, Dan Schroeder, and Ryan Palmer, the latter two playing together as one team, just as the, they did in the previous episode. It's because I'm dumb. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Remember that order? It's arbitrary, but it'll be consistent throughout the game. And it's the same as in the previous episode, which would be especially easy to remember. So if we could skip. <laughs> go in that order if you could uh, briefly state well so four of us all of us but mike are zooming from a porch in portland boo boo portland where you're zooming from if you're not mike but just yeah say i guess one sentence about yourself approximately starting with mike <laughs> describe myself in one sentence that is very difficult he's wearing green. i am from i am zooming from studio b in minneapolis and i'm also very impressed that you have not only multiple people who listen to your podcast, but actually pay you money. That is something we haven't figured out yet. That's why we have an amateur podcast. <laughs> we like to keep it amateur for our, uh, you know, we don't want to get disqualified for some of the competitions we enter. 
conflict of interest. The Olympics of podcasting. Exactly. The 1968 Olympics, specifically. <laughs> all right, Colin? Uh, I'm Colin Smith. There was recently a bat in my house. That's all I'll say. Oh, that is one sentence about you. Because we could do 45 minutes on yeah. that. <laughs> Tight 45. All right, Dan? I'm Dan Schrader. Yogesh, I'd like to use this time to give you a small gift on behalf of the Soccer Bread Podcast. These are socks that our Soccer Bread Podcast branded. Oh, wow. And just remember that although Colin had them made, I gave them to you. So that should be, <laughs> if there's any bias available, Team PDX. Big, big CEO energy coming from Dan over here. We might not have Patreon subscribers, but we got socks, baby. We got merch. <laughs> All right. Anytime I wear these, people will be like, oh, you're a fan of the Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is happened Stone to Temple me. Pilots and ducks. <laughs> that, is, that has definitely happened to me. All right. I guess that was Dan's intro. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, we're Zooming from my porch. That's... That's about that's the thing that's, about you. That's about it. It's hardly even my porch, really. I, <laughs> I have a porch. <laughs> we know who this porch really belongs to. Yes. My, my wife lets me use this porch. For now. <laughs> Until she comes out and says enough podcasting. Yeah. All right, yes. Just to be clear, he said Porsche, not Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible if you were all zooming from the Porsche. <laughs> All right, so this game is in four rounds, one individual or pair for Dan and Ryan, and three specialists. The first round I call the three R's round, which allows me to reduce, reuse, and recycle prior material. These questions mostly serve as a warm-up in scare quotes, not in the sense of being easy, but just kind of getting your mind working, getting you used to my question writing. They'll also be worth a tenth of the point as tiebreakers if necessary. Probably won't be necessary, but... Well, for this round only, you'll answer as individual slash pair. If the first person the question is directed at misses, it'll go to the second, then the third to the second also misses. So the further back you are in the order, the less of a direct shot you have, but the more time you have to think, and some potential answers could get taken off the table. We'll rotate, so each of you gets to answer three questions in first position, three in second, three in third. And then the rules will change, and I'll explain those rules after this round is over. I'm also, since the last time we recorded, I've added in one new rule, the quote-unquote Jimmy Lee rule. Love this rule. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jimmy Lee. Yeah. yeah. Damn, I wish I were Jimmy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to mess up so much today that I get a room named after me. <laughs> I just call it the Smith rule, and people can guess which Smith is Smith. <laughs> <laughs> So basically just, you know, to discourage passing, yeah, I'm basically not going to allow you to pass on a question unless you give an explanation of why you don't want to give an answer just to show you put some thought into it. I think from a strategic point of view, this probably means that the answer to the question is never pass. So if we're talking about like basketball techniques. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. True. Or soccer techniques, which are probably yeah. more likely to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about um Dan, Dan was trying to not tip his hand there he's like well this might be relevant on this podcast but if I say basketball people won't think about it oh sorry guys I'm gonna drink some more coffee great start for our team I'm drink great some more beer. let's go but yes in the geography B that was always an issue as well they asked what's the thing that takes you between mountains love a geography B. yep <laughs> Yes, yeah, so when, when you have us back for the third time, Yogesh, I'll tell the story of my elementary school geography B defeat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, one sentence in the beginning, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So, just a reminder I give to everyone the content of the podcast is you talking through your thinking process. So don't internalize your thinking. Feel free to share interesting connections. 
you don't have to talk just for the sake of filler, although I suspect that might happen. <laughs> that's okay. All right. So uh, it's all filler. <laughs> yeah, it's just what we do. All right. We have an episode title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very excited. And Yogesh, there's something so nice like you very close, at least to word for word, give the instructions. It's very comforting. I like it. Listening to your podcast, it's all, I get into it. I know what's coming. My son memorizes the words of every single song that he ever listens to. And I feel like I'm getting there. I can kind of say <laughs> it along with you. It's beautiful. I, love, I like it a lot. Yeah, this also doubles as ASMR. <laughs> all right. So is everyone ready to begin? Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's do we, it. We will start with Mike in the first move this into it. Get those socks out of here. All right. So Mike is in first position on this question. So since we are mostly all in Portland, let's start with a question that might not sound like it's connected to Portland, but kind of is. So at the height of West Ham United's 1960s glory, when their roster included 1966 FIFA World Cup heroes, Bobby Moore, Martin Peters, and Jeff Hurst, the club also featured what defender? who broke the color line by becoming West Ham's first black player. Wow. Put that in the chat. This is the warm-up round, correct? We haven't skipped ahead to the difficulty round. There's scare quotes. Scare quotes. I am definitely scared. We're in the Wow. Okay, so I'm assuming that there's some connection to Portland because that was stated. That's not really an assumption. That's just a fact that there's a connection to Portland here. But I have no idea who this person is. Probably their last name being Portland would be a little too obvious. So I'm thinking about things related to soccer and Portland. That might be this person's name. Their last name could be Timbers. That doesn't sound right. Could be Thorns. Also doesn't sound right. You know, could be Palmer or Schrader. That seems much more likely than, than these things that I'm mentioning. Oof, man, let me reread this. The club featured what defender who broke the color line by becoming West Ham's first black player? I really have no idea on this one. This is not a good start for me. I am just going to say Columbia, as in the Columbia River, and the person's last name was Columbia. All right, I see your logic there, but not correct. So I'll pass this to Colin. Oh, man, I also don't know the answer to this. The players that I know who played for West Ham around this era have already been named in the question. So that takes me out of the players that I know to exist category, which is where most good answers come from. So I'm going to have to answer <clears throat> like Mike with, uh, you know, a last name that's connected to Portland. I'll go with Willamette. Willamette? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Cooch? <laughs> I see he's internalized the native pronunciation at least. <laughs> so so good, good for showing that, but unfortunately not a correct answer. So Palmer, I'm stop looking it up on your phone. You know you can't do that. Dan is my partner, and we're just trying to exchange some thought process yeah, here. Although we're also live in person, so we could probably just talk to each other. We don't need to text our random ideas to each other. I just want to give a shout out to Mike for doing all the thinking for me um, and the reasoning. And I really, I like this connection to Portland. Portland is the Rose City. So I like I, Rose is the last name. Yeah, you, you mentioned somebody else, though. Clive Charles is on the Portland Timbers Hall of Fame. Or like his, his name is Plum. I don't, I feel like he was probably here in the 70s. He might have been playing at West Ham in okay. the 60s. Okay. 
God, I hope that's wrong. Clive. I'm pretty sure it's Clive Charles. Although not like, I'm thinking of other Clives. Clive Owen is an actor, right? That's mm -hmm. not right. Mm -hmm. Clive, I think it's Clive Charles. Clavin? Oh, no, that's Cliff Clavin. Not him. I guarantee it's not him. <laughs> I'd go with Clive Charles. I like that bet better than Rose. There's so. a connection there. Yeah. Lock it in. Lock it in. Clive in Charles. Clive. Okay, so... I'm going to let that stand as your lock-in. If, if, if you remember last, uh, last time you did this on the first one, I think someone tried to lock in Dan Hunt for Lamar Hunt, and I was lenient and allowed that and reminded them that in quizzing, it's, you know, kind of a rule to just say Charles to just give last names oh. and, uh, and not give other information oh. unless prompted. Yeah. Um, but since, you know, you've already had that reminder, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to take your locked-in answer of Clive Charles and rule it incorrect. This man was a flagship, and I love it. A wise man once told me that you can make any mistake once, and that man is on this podcast. I remember that piece of advice. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. Indeed. So, yeah. So, the correct answer is John Charles, the brother of Clive Charles. Good. That was impressive. You guys almost got there. I'm giving us that, that point, so you can suck it, Mike. <laughs> yeah, so his, his connection with Portland would, of course, be indirect because it would come through Clive Charles, his yeah. brother. Yeah, I did think that my answer was too directly related to Portland, and you kind of suggested it wasn't, but you know, maybe uh, chronologically there was, I don't know. Yep, makes sense. I'm, I'm anticipating at least one Minneapolis-based question in this podcast. I'm just saying. I'm anticipating multiple Shore of Wisconsin-based questions. <laughs> And just to note, when I looked up John Charles on Wikipedia, apparently there was, from about a decade earlier, a different John Charles, who was a Welsh footballer, who was both a forward and a defender, and is called by Wikipedia, I guess, the best all-around player to come out of Britain. And he also had a moderately famous brother who also played soccer. He wasn't Black and was a different person. <laughs> he was also a different person. Yes. But I feel like the name John Charles is a little bit like me being Colin Smith. I mean, it's, it's like may as well just be Colin Smith. Yeah, you're just gonna you're gonna get confused with other people. Yeah, next time I do one of my specific detailed two answers quizzes, that might come up. Who knows? <laughs> All right, so Colin now in first position on this question. So some more Portland-centric content, Sounds and good. also also some female-centric content, which is necessary since unlike last time, none of you picked topics related to women's soccer. So. <laughs> I kind of had to use this round to put some diversity in. All right, so here's a question. Led by Christine Sinclair and a baby Megan Rapino, the University of Portland Pilots won their most recent NCAA Division I championship in which year? Ooh, okay. Megan Rapino and Christine Sinclair were at University of Portland how long ago? That's <laughs> basically the question. So... Both of those players are towards the end of their career, if not completely donezo. So they are in their late 30s. I feel like Rapino's not actually that old. She's just a kind of a, a bit of a wing speed player who, you know, you age out earlier. But he said baby Mega Rapino, so she was probably, and she's definitely younger than Sinclair, that makes sense. So let's say she's. 36 and Sinclair's 38. So that would be in college, you're like 22. 16 years ago, 2022 minus 16 is <laughs> six. 
2006 is my answer. Okay, you're in 2006. All right, good guess, but not correct. So I'll pass to Team PDX. Okay, so I know that I I don't know this, but I think Megan Rapino and I share a birthday, or it's somewhere around that. So including year. Yeah. Nice. Wow. So 2006 was going to be my guess, but it's got to be so Younger. she would have been baby Megan Rapino. I'm thinking freshman year. So that would be 04. Yeah, exactly. 04 season. You got to go earlier because so, um, she's going to be a freshman sophomore. Yes. So I say 2004. All right. You're locked in 2004. I take it. All right. Again, a good guess, but not correct. So that's the, that's the <laughs> mm. All right. Well, there's basically two ways to go here. There's just split the difference 2005 be my freshman year in college in case anyone was wondering or maybe Megan Rapino, as many great athletes somehow finished high school early enrolled as like a 17 year old a true baby maybe the answer is 2003 so after a few seconds to think about it I'm going to choose 2005 because that seems more likely all right, so yeah, I, I said, I think at the beginning that an advantage of being later in the order, you got less of a direct shot, but some answers could get taken off the table. So it was very helpful to you. They took 2006 and 2004 off the table. So that left you with the correct answer, 2005. Let's go. Way to go, Mike. Stop the count. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I think another point of strategy, Mike, you should just say 05 in case you're off by a century next time. <laughs> I mean, notice that I did not say BC or AD. I want to keep my options open here. Yeah, well done. That's true. Don't don't narrow in too much. Yeah. And I believe it was her freshman year. Oh, so maybe she's a year younger than me? Maybe she just took a year, an extra year at some point. I don't know. All right. Dan and Ryan in first position on this question. If you were an early adopter of Amazon Prime Video back in 2015, who also had kids, there weren't a ton of options for you in terms of children's programming. The network at the time had only four original live action kids shows. One was Gordimer Gibbons Life on Normal Street, a high watermark of 2010's TV that has nothing to do with this question, but which I will take any opportunity to promote. <laughs> <laughs> the other three were Androids, Just Add Water, and what soccer themed series co-created by Alex Morgan and starring the improbably named Six Orange. Six Orange? Six orange, yeah. yes. note, note the spelling. S-I-X-X. -X, orange, as expected. <laughs> Gordimer is a solid name, too. I'm not sure I know that one. So, Alex Morgan, what was the date? The year 2015? 2015. That's a Women's World Cup year. Uh-huh. Where was the Women's World Cup in 2015? Canada? No, that was 19, wasn't it? 15 would have been, did they do one in Japan? Man, I can't no. remember. No. I think the Japan one was the one before that, 2011. So maybe there's a World Cup influence. Okay. Right, like live Six action. Orange. Six Orange. Yeah, I just have no idea. Let's, so we're looking for the name of the, of the show. Right. Soccer influenced Alex Morgan. Is um, it? Is it like Alex wins the World Cup or is it like, you know, 
soccer baby. It's got to be. I feel like it's. She's a striker. It's got to be striker influenced goal scorer. I'm gonna say it's goal scorers spelled with a Z. <laughs> Before or after she got in trouble for being too drunk at Disneyland, <laughs> Disney World, World. It was Disney World, Epcot. yeah, Epcot. Should we go with like Raiders of Epcot? Raiders. <laughs> I like a scorers with a Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bend it like Alex. <laughs> We're not gonna get any closer. Okay. Let's go with scorers. I feel like Bend It Like Alex is probably IP. So yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then you don't have to specify spelling. If anything phonetically feels like <laughs> yeah. so, so if it were with an S or a Z, uh, that that would be fine. But it is in fact neither of those. <laughs> Problem averted. We're lucky there, really. So I'll pass this question to Mike. Man, I, Yogesh, I really feel like you have it out for me. First with all the Portland-themed questions, and now with the Amazon Prime-themed question. I don't have Amazon Prime. I've never had Amazon Prime. I hate Amazon as a company. So I'm at a significant disadvantage in this first round. But I know you're going to make it up to me in the later rounds, and I appreciate that. Okay, so the fact that this is a kid's show and this character's name is Orange makes me think that the title has something to do with colors and that maybe each player on the team is a different color. You've got four blue or, you know, three red, six orange, et cetera. So I'm going to go with Team Rainbow as the, the show's name. Great guess. Terrific guess. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, even though I know, I realize it makes much more logical sense for there to be a character named Six Orange. That is, in fact, the name of the actress. Not, not what? <laughs> <laughs> That's her real name. Unbelievable. Um, I, I'm not sure she's done very much since this, but... Um, okay, I'm way off. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she just changed her name before she did other stuff. Who knows? All right, but yeah, so Team Rainbow is what you said? Uh, did I? I don't know if I locked it in, though. Did I? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, team, team Rainbow. All right, good guess, but not correct. Fast to call it. So I'm going to go with a guess that is not going to be right, but Alex Morgan... <laughs> nickname is baby horse and so i'm gonna go with the baby horse chronicles all right because you gotta baby horse do, do, do. <laughs> you gotta go with a title that you know represents alex morgan's involvement and not you know you can't trade on six oranges acting chops here you gotta really sell them more than angle. I see what you mean. Yes. All right. So again, another good guess. Six but... oranges or six orange? <laughs> six orange. It, there's an apostrophe oh, yeah. in there. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. I mean, it's not like we have six oranges in the show. Yeah. It would have been a great opportunity for this to be a character. Like she could have played the six position. Well, I was. What I'm saying is like orange slices at halftime. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Orange wedges for everybody. The Dutch. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So Same many here, opportunities. It's all filler. Soccer Thread LLC, <laughs> please contact us. We got, we got ideas. All right. But I think we may have been a bit locked in on character names because this was based on a series of books that Alex Morgan was credited with writing. Not sure if you write them. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I. I Just asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Just. I mean, an, an executive producer on the show was James Frey, so there's already some shadiness involved there. <laughs> so it was called The Kicks. 
Oh, I was so close. close. Did they close. spell it with a Z? <laughs> kicks. Oh, yeah. Not the kicks. kicks. Oh, I would have gone with kicks. K I X. Yeah, it was an it was X. Orange. There we go. Right. That's, there's the tie in. Yeah. Yeah, they could have had sponsorship with the cereal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we return to Mike in first position on this question. Volkswagen part 199-398-500A. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> is not a car part. Rather, it is the celebrated currywurst sausage produced at the flagship Volkswagen plant in what city? In September 2020, Pernil Harder became the most expensive female footballer of all time when the women's club in this city dealt her to Chelsea. Okay, this is one that I actually think I might know. Volkswagen has been the sponsor of Wolfsburg, a German club, for a very long time. And I do believe Wolfsburg has been at or near the top of the women's game in Europe also for a very long time. Therefore, based on these two facts that I know, stop giving me a countdown, Ryan. That will not work. I will say Wolfsburg. And you will say that correctly. Very good. Well, let's done. go. Things that I know. <laughs> it's a deep cut for all you uh, Soccer Thread podcast listeners. <laughs> Five of you. <laughs> all right. So, Colin now in first position, a question that follows on from the previous one. Ooh, a Wolfsburg question, good. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I guess it's a Volkswagen question. <laughs> Car part number question. Yes. Yeah. So, what's part number 199398501A? <laughs> That's the bun that the sausage goes in. <laughs> okay, here's the real question. Joining Chelsea enables Perniel Harder to be teammates with what Swedish star with whom she has been in a personal relationship since 2014? Oh, man. I don't know that kind of deep cut on, on women's soccer. If it was an American star, I could answer this question, but uh, I'm going to have to pick a Swedish last name at this point. Lots to choose from there. A lot of names I like. I really like a double S O N name. So I'm going to go with uh, Johansson. Very good guess. Good strategy there, but unfortunately not correct. So I will pass to Dan and Ryan. I think I can only name one other Chelsea player, and she's from Australia. And I can't mm -hmm. think of her name off the top of my head right now. Sure. That's Sam Kerr, right? Yeah. For some reason, Forsberg is coming out at me, and I don't have any like background, you know. But it just also feels like a decent Swedish name, just as a guess, anyway. Yeah, you don't want to go with like any Dotier, or is that? I'm pretty sure we covered this last time we were on this really? podcast. I feel like we did that. <laughs> Patrilineal, matrilineal naming conventions yeah, with, of the Swedes. Go I with think that came up. Go with Forsberg. Okay, Forsberg. All right, another good guess, but not correct. Pass to Mike. Yeah, this one. I don't, I don't know. I could go Samuelson because that's my name and it would be very embarrassing if this person's last name was Samuelson. But I also think <laughs> if the person's- threw you one right in your wheelhouse and you got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, after giving them all that, all yeah. that crap for these hard questions. But I think if there was a really famous women's soccer player named Samuelson, I would have internalized that at some point. And so I'm just gonna go with Svensson because that feels like the most Swedish of Swedish names. Svensson is what you said? Svensson. Okay. Yeah, so I think, yeah, last time when I asked about a Swedish person, the surname was Lagerkrans, which was very okay. difficult to guess. 
But this case, I mean, this was something that I think you might have been able to fraud or kind of land on with a guess. Her name is Magdalena Eriksson. Ah, you know, so close. You know that as a Danish name. Sorry. In her case, it was kind of spelled the Swedish way with the double S-O-N. Should we pause for the trial? The, the trials of podcasting on a porch. Sometimes you get that extra abilities. But at least it's on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Great point. I think it's worth pausing. Man, if someone was a perennial harder expert, they would be doing very well on this podcast with two questions about her. Mike, it's a little hard to hear you with the truck. And we're taking a donut break. So donut break. Almost there. All right. The truck on, yeah. So it's Magdalena Eriksson, spelled the Swedish way, not the Danish way. And yeah, she and Perniel Harder have been very uh, active about on LGBT issues, uh, speaking out. All right, Dan and Ryan now in first position on this question. After winning the 2015 Newbery Medal for his basketball team verse novel, The Crossover, Kwame Alexander followed it up with what 2016 novel in verse about a soccer mad teen who comes to learn the value of literature. Its one word title works on multiple levels. I don't know it offhand. I don't think I have any good guesses. So it's wait, the one word what title is the is book about? A soccer player who comes to learn the value of literature. Literature. And it's a one word title that works on many levels. So it's gotta be some like soccer slash literature poetry crossover word, you know, prose. One word. I mean, I don't know, I'm thinking about that. Cause of the NBA reading is fundamental. Mm. Campaign fundamental um, <laughs> fundamentals with fun capitalized and a Z. Of course, <laughs> you have to every children book or TV show yeah. has to end with a Z. Big Z. Other one word soccer specific. We're gonna get there better if Megs. we start from the soccer side. What's a like a soccer term that we use that's a literature based, right? Like. It's poetry in motion, but that's, that's not one that's word, of course. A lot of words. I can count those words, not one. Um, I'm thinking of like soccer specific moves. Yeah. But how would it work on? Step over, Cruyff. Right. Rabona. Right. Those aren't literary Bicycle words. kicks. What's that called? A chilena. <laughs> <laughs> Tactics. With a Z. <laughs> with a Z. <laughs> Tactics with a Z are real. Mike would definitely read that book, I think. <laughs> I Formation. Shouts to Beyonce. Man. Prose. 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 Oh, I thought of, did I say prose earlier? I, I, I don't know. thought of prose, but didn't make the connection to like professionals. Yeah. Prose. Yeah. That's a little, is that a double entendre? It works on many levels, I'd yeah. say. I don't know how you spell it. Luckily, we don't have to say how can, we spell that. Can we lock in, obviously, the P-R-O-Z? E? Uh, <laughs> is there an apostrophe in, in there? In, like, parentheses, parenthetical yeah. E. <laughs> <laughs> I like prose. I think we lock in prose. Yeah. All right. I mean, I haven't haven't read these books. So I'm, I'm From what I've read, they have a very innovative approach in terms of being a novel in verse, so... Prose, which is the opposite of verse, would maybe not be a great title. There. <laughs> you guys, you guys have to know that. I mean, that was that was clever, though. I'm 
very happy with that guess anyway. But I did enjoy your your logic and your attempts to get there through to wordplay. So pass this to Mike. If it's tactics, I'm gonna be so pissed. Michael, get it. Don't worry. Tactics with three Z's. <laughs> so this is one where I just had something come to my mind, and then I I can't think of anything else. And I don't think this is right, but it it fits it fits within the clues. So literature literature is just a bunch of books basically that's my understanding of literature and then if a player in soccer gets a card they are booked and so i'm going to say the name of the title of this book is booked all right can you repeat that one more time booked b-o-o-k-e-d i believe is how that's spelled i don't think there's any z's but palmer can correct me just a small one at the end Yeah, so uh, you spelled it correctly and gave the correct answer. Wow. Let's go. Good thinking. Is is anyone else going to score in this? Or is it just going to be me the whole time getting points? Tenth of a point. Look, I'm winning by millions. I've got millions more points than you. That's just factually incorrect. Percentage-wise. You know what I mean. Percentage-wise, exactly. Thank you. Yogesh is the only one. Good job. Yes, very good logic. I think, I mean, Dan and Ryan stated the logic correctly, like thinking of a term from soccer that also overlap with literature, but yeah, they didn't quite get there, and you did. Very good. I was going to be way off, so I'm glad you I want to know what your guess was, dummy. <laughs> I was just going to go with step over, because the other one was crossover. I was just like, it's a good one. I was going to series. Yeah. I see that logic. All right. The over so series. Begins with Mike. This is more straightforward than the others, but again, just give him the point. <laughs> none, of your, uh, none of your categories had anything at all to do with women's soccer. I had to kind of highlight the, the women in this round. So, Mike, in 2021, who became the first person to be honored with the UEFA Women's Player of the Year Award, the Ballon d'Or Feminine, and the Best FIFA Women's Player in the same year? 2001? 2021. 2021. So last year, I don't think it was an American. I feel pretty good about that because there is no World Cup. And again, I think I would have remembered hearing about this trifecta. I'm going to go with, who am I going to go with? I'm going to go with Sam Kerr because I feel like she scores a whole lot of goals and is, is very famous. And I feel like these awards are often a combination of sort of popular voting and voting by like journalists and people who actually know what they're talking about. So Sam Kerr is my answer. No right. Z's. Good guess. Definitely one of the, uh, the few superstar female women player that I heard of just through general osmosis, despite not being a soccer fan. So that's good logic, but not correct. Pass to Colin. All right. Uh, this is one of those embarrassing like brain fair moments where I can describe the player, but I can't think of her last name she's norwegian her first name i believe is ada and her last name is hedberg mm. hedberg how many z's <laughs> palmer's shaking his head like he knows the player i'm talking about i do but uh I I, i'm not going to be able to do her last name well enough that yoga she's going to give me credit for it so basically what i'm doing is setting up dan and Ryan to guess again if they want this one but i'll say head Okay. Ada. So I guess uh, I'm just trying the, to take multiple guesses here. Good job. I guess sort of the memories of the previous episode have kind of faded because they're on, in this round. I I asked about the presentation of the inaugural Ballon d'Or feminine to Ada Hagerberg, 
mm -hmm. and the embarrassment that ah. uh, resulted then. That the idiot asked her if she could. Oh, twerk. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. FIFA yeah. really doing FIFA things. FIFA's gonna FIFA. Yeah. Back. So, so Hagerberg has won the Ballon d'Or Feminine, but not, not in 2021. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So this goes to Dan and Ryan. Okay. The only, the only one, the only other kind of famous world soccer star that I can think of that's mm -hmm. not Sam Kerr or Hitterberg. I don't know how to say her name either. She recently scored like an absolute worldie in the Champions League final. Yes, I think we're thinking last name Henri. Yeah, Amandine Henri. Yeah, that's I would like to lock that in was going to be my like random guess yeah. that feels about right. Yeah, last right. name, last name Henri. Henri. Right, right. Yeah, I, Thierry. I believe I think it's Thierry. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I have to admit, I'm not, not familiar with that player. I have heard of Thierry Henri, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is someone whose name name pronunciation I had to look up. So hopefully, I'm not messing it up. But Alexia Puteas. Mm. Um, Barcelona player, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. All right. Well, good job, fellas. <laughs> really nailed that one. All right. So, uh, so far, Mike has gotten every even-numbered question, so we'll see if his streak continues. But this question will begin with Colin in first position. All right, so this is a quote-unquote solve for X question, nothing to do with algebra. I, uh, <laughs> I I'm solid at basic algebra. This is ninth grade algebra. I can't do it. I'm just going to read a, a quote and I've replaced a certain person's name with X, and I, your job to name that person. Who is it? All right. Whose name have I replaced with X in this edited excerpt from a 2010 article in The Telegraph by Jim White? Never mind Gerard or Rooney. There is only one name appropriate to decorate the replica shirt of the thinking football fan. Each year, Philosophy Football, perhaps the only company in Britain founded in homage to a Monty Python sketch, sells more than 5,000 of their goalkeeper's top with the name X embroidered across the shoulder. On its front is his famous saying, all that I know most surely about morality and obligations I owe to football. Part of the ex-mythology concerns his own facility at the game. He has been widely credited as having played for the Algerian national team in the 30s. There are those who even claim he wore the number one shirt for France. Sadly, the truth is more mundane. He was rather better at spinning grand aphorisms about football than actually playing it. But there is something appropriate about a philosopher like X stationing himself between the sticks. It is a lonely calling, an individual isolated within a team ethic, one who plays to different constraints. If his team scores, the keeper knows it has nothing to do with him. If the opposition score, however, it is all his fault. Standing sentinel in goal, X had plenty of time to reflect on the absurdist nature of his position. I'll be copying and pasting that into chat. I'll have to do it in pieces. I think it feels very much like my experience as a uh, <laughs> goalkeeper. <laughs> think about how messed up it is. The goalkeeper's union, we should get this right. Yeah, I agree. The entire goalkeepers union on this uh, board right now but really this is not about the person's uh football <laughs> credentials right that's basically what i got out of that is that they're not known for their footballing because people thought that they played for france when in reality they played for algeria i gotta reread this it's like he played for neither he's been widely credited as having oh. played for the algerian national team in the 30s so that means he's born in the teens or zeros. 
can't call those odds. They I have one guess. I have one guess. Wow. So That's more guesses it. than I have. But it's philosophy football. But it's oh, it's oh yes. Okay, we did this in the last. This reuse, reduce, recycle. I'm finally catching on to. I think it's because I'm on my second beer now. <laughs> um, and that is that last time we did this, Yogesh asked us questions about the Monty Python sketch of the philosophers. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. of which I can't, I can't remember if we got that right or wrong. I think I got it wrong. Yeah. Nope. You, you, your, boy, your boy got it right. Don't worry. Oh, you might got it right. And the philosopher is playing football. Mm -hmm. And this is a reference to that. So this player, this goalkeeper is a philosopher who also played goalkeeper, known as a philosopher, is Algerian and or French. No as many people are. And I just don't know anyone who falls in that description, quite frankly. I got any one Algerian guess. French philosophers. I got one guess. I put some pieces together, but I, I don't I don't I certainly don't even know any Algerian French goalkeeper philosophers because that's a that's a small Venn diagram overlapping group. Just don't go with anyone with the last name Cats. Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> I got that from the well the, the that's S not really an Algerian would the last S be name. silent? I mean if French, Algeria. Yeah, maybe pop. Yeah. One of the S's would be silent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just go with an Algerian last name, I guess. McClucky. Mm. All right. Not correct. So I will pass. Okay. I have one guess. Okay, Dan and mine. <laughs> I have one guess. I have zero. So say you have one guess one more time. Algeria. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is Camus. I love it. That's my only guess. And I'm going with Kamu. We're going with Kamu? Can we, we go with Kamu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, the clues are all there. Yeah. Algerian, or, you know, from Algeria when it was ruled by France, basically, and sort of having an absurdist philosophy. One of Kamu's most famous works, The Myth of Sisyphus, talks about how life is fundamentally absurd. Suck it, Mike. <laughs> Something we Good job, Palmer. Yeah, in terms of, I think, Algerian-born French philosopher, I think both Derrida and Camus were born in Algeria, so those are sort of the two. It narrows down to from there, but the one with the... I said I had one guess. <laughs> but only one was a goalkeeper. <laughs> but yes, the one with the absurdist existential view, and yeah, the one who was uh, famously very, very into soccer, although apparently his own career ended after about with TB when he was 18. He definitely never played for any national teams, but he was definitely a huge fan of soccer. Uh, yeah, it's Camus. Let's go. Well done, Palmer. Let's go. Also, Palmer in a nutshell goes straight from getting Camus correct to yelling second. This is the dichotomy of Ryan Palmer. All right. So now it's time to finish out this three hours round with Dan and Ryan in first position on this question. I just love that also, like, I'm going to talk shit about you, about how dumb you are right now. And you're, like, getting French philosophers correct. <laughs> And I can still have that narrative about you. It's wonderful to me. Hey, what do you want from me? <laughs> once, once that narrative gets entrenched, it's hard to get get rid of it. All right, uh, Mike, would you have gotten that if I had passed? If it didn't pass to you? Uh, oh, yeah. of course, absolutely. Mike would have gone for Diodra. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really think of Camus as a philosopher as a thing. Just a personal viewpoint. <laughs> what more of a goalkeeper do you? Yeah. Goalkeeper, jack of all trades. 
All right. I don't. I don't like to pigeonhole him as a philosopher. It's just a, yeah, just how I feel. I know not everyone agrees with it. That's fine. I don't. I don't like to pigeonhole you as a transportation planner. So that's fine. Yeah. I'm so much more. He was no Socrates when it came to playing. <laughs> that was a guy's name, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dan and Ryan. Now on this final question of the three hours round. One member of this family stumbled into winning the 2006 USA Memory Championship while researching his book, Moonwalking with Einstein, which debunks the myth of photographic memory. He also co-founded Atlas Obscura. Another member of this family is the author of Everything is Illuminated and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, who until 2014 was married to fellow novelist and AV Club meme spawner, Nicole Krauss. Still another member of this family is a former editor of The New Republic, who penned the 2004 analytical bestseller, How Soccer Explains the World, an Unlikely Theory of Globalization. What surname is shared by these three accomplished brothers? God damn it. I think Jonathan Franz, Franzen wrote right. extremely loud and incredibly close. That's your in. Uh, but that's, I don't know if that's right. That's the only name that I can think of right now. Or the other books. Oh, Moonwalking with Einstein, which I've heard of. And I don't know the author. I don't know. Franz oh, soccer is... explains the world. An unlikely theory of globalization feels Come like on. a... Uh... Dan, that is sitting on your bookshelves at home. <clears throat> that one is not. The, You're thinking the of the song. Ball is round, Ky the Ky world is... Kuiper. The ball is round. I forget who wrote that. There's also one about soccer nomic. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Kuiper, uh, Cooper, Kuiper, yeah. and there's another guy. Simon Cooper. I forget the other co-author. He's Dutch, it's not though. friends. And... Cooper is Kutch. Yeah, he's Dutch. But there's another co-author. Uh, yeah, doesn't matter. I don't know. I, like I would guy. say friends. And I mean, that's if that's... The only, and I don't think that that's right, but that's the only name that I can think of right now. Locking in. All right, locking friends. Yeah. Good guess, but not correct. Pass to Mike. Hmm. I do not know. I do not have any clues. I may have read How Soccer Explains the World. I may have read one of those other books that Dan was just mentioning. So I am just going to say that this person's name is Jones. You said Jones? Yeah, why not? All right, yeah, good, good strategy going with the generic surname, but doesn't pay off here. So pass to Colin. If you're gonna go with a generic surname, <clears throat> And you're not going to go with Smith. Why I is feel Smith? Yeah. Honestly, personally what insulted. A, yeah. I, I didn't want to do that to you. Do better, Mike. You did Samuelson on your own generic surname <laughs> situation in Sweden. So, honestly, yeah. Definitely shot across the bow. Smith's everywhere. I um, didn't do Samuelson for my own generic surname. Oh, I thought you did. No, for, I did. Svensson. Pay attention. Second, Quit drinking so much. Second beer talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take Cooper for Simon Cooper because I feel like it. How Soccer Explains the World and Unlikely Theory of Globalization may be the follow-up to soccer now. Mm. Dan is whispering behind me. He's making me feel like my guess is a dumb one, but I'm going to take Cooper. K He's just flipping you off. Don't spell it. I think it's K-U-I. Oh, I'm confident in the spelling. Like, oh, spelling okay. is, is the easiest part here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think maybe that name is usually pronounced Kuiper, like the Kuiper Belt in astronomy. Then maybe. Yeah, see, pronunciation, I'm not good at yeah. it. <laughs> sounds, sounds like it might be Portuguese, Colin. Yeah, actually, the, I mean, the, the correct answer is something that I personally am struggling to pronounce as well. So I'm not going to be, I wasn't going to be super nitpicky on pronunciation, but 
none of you were really in the right ballpark. <laughs> the, uh, Shot but, across the bow. <laughs> Smith is Smith. <laughs> but Ryan was closest, I think. It's very easy to get confused, I think. In the, the 2000s, there were sort of three, at least three big-name New York-based writers with the first name Jonathan. Jonathan Ames, Jonathan Franzen. The actual author of Everything is Illuminated was Jonathan Safran Thor. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Yep. Yeah, I thought I was going to say Jonathan Wilson. <laughs> That's what I was whispering behind your head. <laughs> Jonathan Wilson! <laughs> but then I think Yogesh will get the uh, pronunciation on that, so it wasn't right. Hi, this is Future Yogesh. I just want to apologize to any fans of Jonathan Letham, who I offended by leaving him out of that list of Jonathans. Yeah, so so uh, Joshua Four wrote Moonwalking with Einstein and co-founder Atlas Obscura. How Soccer Explains the World is by Franklin Four. But four is the shared surname there. Gotcha. Yep. Dang it. Dang it. All right. Yeah, you were pretty close, Ryan. Right? Yeah. This marks me. Pretty close. Okay. I'll take pretty close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so just like last time, Mike jumps out to the early lead there. We have Mike. But he ends up losing. Boy, this game is up rigged against me. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Mike at 0.3, Dan and Ryan at 0.1, and Colin at 0.0. Can't be bothered. Extensible <laughs> point. But of course, uh, yeah, those, those point values will be dwarfed once the point values go up in the future rounds. So we'll move now into round one, the not all that hard round. So in this round and all successive rounds, each of you will get three specialist questions related to your categories. Standard caveat, it's not intended to be a fair or comprehensive test of your knowledge of them. The questions may relate directly or obliquely. To keep everyone on their toes, I won't reveal the categories, although they may become evident over the course of the game. And before you can answer, your opponents will get to work together to try and steal the points from you. You'll only get a chance to answer for points if your opponents miss. If I pass it over to you without saying whether they got it right or not, if you're absolutely certain they got it right, you can just confirm. Otherwise, it's in your interest to lock in a different answer since just copying their answer will never get you points. Ooh, a small update to the warm and comforting language. That's usually not a clause that you add there. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Necessary for these dum-dums though. <laughs> I also normally here would say something about bonus questions, but as in the previous game, I, in the previous game, I eliminated bonus questions for these guys and we ended exactly right on time. So I think I'll continue that. We uh, are verbose. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, no bonus questions in this game. They'll be back in the next episode. And these questions are not all that hard, so they'll be worth two points to steal, one point as a specialist. And now and for the rest of the game, the points will go to both or all of the stealers, even if only one person knew the answer. Yeah, I should also probably say something about how luck is built into the format. I mean, usually the contestants are all people whose egos are very wrapped up in their quizzing ability, so I have to be like... Luck is going to come into play. It's okay. Yes, it's, it's okay if you don't win. Uh, Victoria Gross lost twice, so if you lose once, you're only twice as good a quiz with her. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So I think you, you all get it. Without further ado, I think we can move into the main part of the game. Let's go. All right. We'll begin with Colin, Dan, and Ryan attempting to steal from Mike. Ooh. All right. Germany's Michael Balak, I guess, eliminated the U.S. from the 2002 FIFA World Cup with a header goal in the quarterfinals. However, Balak was not permitted to play for Germany in the final, resulting in an outcry that ultimately led to FIFA making what rule change that went into effect at the 2010 World Cup? So usually yellow card accumulation gets you suspended. 
And I think currently they are wiped. Yellow cards accumulation suspensions are wiped before the final. I don't know the history of that, but that seems like the obvious, like, oh, yeah, this sucks. Our, the biggest star in the world at right. the time didn't play in the final. We should figure out how to solve that. Did he get a yellow for taking his shirt off? <laughs> Green oil. That's the only good reason to get a yellow. Um, <laughs> when they wait, so I just want to make sure we get this an answer. I thought they were wiped. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Were, this is, were... You're thinking the same way I'm thinking, is that they wipe them before the semi. Yeah. So that if you get a yellow in the semi, right. you are not out for the final right or is that or did they wipe them i thought they wiped them earlier not earlier in that like maybe they wipe them after the after the stage? after the group stage because then you have three three not after the group stage after the first after the the, 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 round, the round of 16, 16. or whatever because then you have three games in which you could quarterfinal semi to and final right but then he could still have gotten this game he's talking about was a round of 16 game was it not no, no. It, was a, it was a quarter final. Yeah. yeah. And then. Uh, so they. Oh, yeah. So. So he played well, he would the have been suspended in the. So he was, maybe he got a. Whatever. He got a yellow in the semifinal. Clearly he got a yellow in the semifinal. And right. Suspended for the final. Right. Um, so they had to wipe them. But that's my point. So if they, if they wipe them at the quarterfinal stage. Right. Then you couldn't. After the. It's got to be between quarterfinal and semifinal. So that at semifinal, you can still take one and not be suspended. The first knockout. Right. Yeah. So either way, the, the answer is that the yellow card accumulation. Yeah, can we just answer that broadly? Like that's right. our strategy is to answer. That's what that's they, they changed the rules of yellow card accumulation after the in the knockout stage. Sure. So so okay, so you're locking in the answer. So this is the, the first round, and I'm generally lenient on that. So I think anything relating to yellow card amnesty, I'll take. It was actually, I mean, what Colin said specifically was correct. It was wiped before the semifinal. Okay. Just thinking about things. Just, thinking. just taking those points from Mike. That's all we <laughs> want to do here. That's what this porch is about. This game is rigged. It's rigged for us. Literally feeling ganged up upon. <laughs> Listen, if you were potting on the porch, we'd be a little bit more lenient. But Look, I invited you guys to come pot out here. I got a resounding no. Colin literally flew over me and then several thousand more miles so he could avoid potting on my porch. That's true. But yes, if, if you uh, if you feel ganged up on that, that is in fact the format of the game. Yes, everyone, <laughs> everyone gangs up on you. And very thin skin. <laughs> but now everyone will gang up on Colin and attempt to steal. Yeah, boo Colin. And I will similarly be semi lenient in terms of what I accept on this. Baby break. I know. <laughs> yeah, no baby making noise. Blame it on the baby. Yeah. Okay. You're on a podcast. You're on the pod. Okay. Yeah, went for the grab. <laughs> that would have been our youngest guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. All right, so uh, Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. And yeah, as I said, I'll again be semi-lenient on what I accept here. Set to make a triumphant return to TV screens on 360 Sports TV in July 2022, Masters Football was an indoor soccer competition that ran on Sky Sports every year from 2000 to 2011. 
in terms of eligibility, what specifically differentiates players in Masters football from players in most other forms of soccer? I'm just, listen, before we get into the question, I'm going to be really pissed if Colin's special category is the Milwaukee Wave. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what's so specific? What makes them masters? It's got to be age, right? That's what I would think, right? Old, it's old ass footballers. But who wants to watch a bunch of old guys playing indoor soccer? I don't. I mean, I, I, mean, I do every once in a while. The that is their wife. <laughs> no, no, not my wife. <laughs> They don't even want to do that. Yeah, speak for yourself, Colin. <laughs> but maybe they're like famous old, you know, charity yeah. type of guys. Yeah, that's... yeah. Like I would watch Dennis Bergkamp run around and do cool flicks and tricks and stuff. I would watch Ronaldinho Gaut, not Ronaldinho Gaut, Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo, not run around. I would watch Ronaldinho, yeah. old Ronaldinho. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. I think. Age. Okay, let's, let's say. What would age. old Ronaldinho be wearing for a uh, Masters football indoor soccer right now? Really baggy. Whatever he wants. Uh, shorts. <laughs> Tank top. Definitely not sleeves. Tiny. No sleeves. Like samba shoes, but probably not sambas. Like the old Nike. You know those old Nike oh, indoors. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wear those yeah. small. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like three. Tiempo indoors from like 2010. I like how we've hijacked this. Just this is a soccer. And podcast. then likely <laughs> a backwards like. Um, Golf Kangle hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, lock in that, lock in that wardrobe. Lock in age. <laughs> you can do a type forty-five on Ronaldinho <laughs> right now. All right. Yeah, I mean, they they presumably do have some experience with playing soccer, but I mean, when I was looking specifically, they're over the age of thirty-five, which I'm now I'm forced forced to accept. Old means guys it means they're old. Yes, old guys. Yeah. We are <laughs> eligible. <laughs> Yeah, and since I was lenient on the yellow card thing, I'll also be lenient, not making you give the exact age, so I'll just accept that answer. All right. Mainly Stop because, the mainly Stop because the it, hurts. it hurts to give the answer of over 35. My category was old guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specifically defined as 35 and older. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colin and Mike now to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. Good luck. Yeah, let's go, Mike. Good luck. Don't mess this up, Colin. Who is the only Premier League player to score at least one goal in each of the league's first 21 seasons? Please supply his surname or full name. I will not accept just CTB. CTB. Wait. Is CTB, are those his initials? No questions, Mike. Just answers. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. So... That's, uh, CTB is really throwing me off, but 21 years. So when did Premier League start? 92, 93, 91? Yeah, about then. Okay. So who played for 20, 21 years in a row? Which means like now. Nope. Do better math. <laughs> I'm sorry. 2012. Yeah. That's some uh, ninth grade algebra that you yeah, just fucked yeah, right. up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> So retired in 2012, or it stopped scoring. Yep. Mm. Do we are we going to go with trying to brainstorm off CTB being the initials? Do you think their mm. category is initials? Thirty category. I don't know, but if the answer is CTB, I I really don't have any idea. So I'm going to ignore there that part. Three names. 
again, since I was leaning on the, the previous two questions, I, I will I will tell you if the CTP part feels like it's distracting or being an anti clue, just ignore it and focus on the other part of the question. That's gotcha. Fair. We'll do that. Palmer said something about three names. That could be a category topic for them, though. File that away. <laughs> category in the Paul, Palmer's dumb. He would do something stupid like tell us this category. <laughs> Mike, coming from you, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it from Colin. <laughs> it's not Raphael Vanderbark because that's a four name. Man. Okay, let's not do CTB. Let's just do guys who have ridiculously long careers ending around 2012. Yeah. Let's start I mean, in 92. All right, let's just I feel like go, go. I feel like the, the only people who are coming to mind for me as options. First, most likely option, Ryan Giggs. I feel like he had some crazy record of scoring yeah. in a lot of years in a row. And then Shearer, but I don't know if Shearer played that I don't think long. She, yeah, Shearer's got the most, but I don't think it's longevity based like that. I like yeah. gigs as an answer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all the other guys I'm thinking of with like long careers, I think are too late, so to speak. Like they've retired too soon. Like I was thinking like Jermaine Defoe or. Yeah. The other person I was thinking of who's a, a possible three namer is uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. But again, I don't think he played that long. Yeah, and I think he might even be early career, like before Premier League. I just want to drop Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank because it's three names and he's a fun always, player. I mean, just if we can get a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank reference into the podcast, that's always good. Keep yeah. doing. Uh, Keep our, our twenty-one year streak of getting Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in at least one <laughs> pod per year. I think if we don't answer gigs and it's gigs, we're gonna feel like real, real dumb. Yeah. So we just answer gigs. Lock it in. Lock it in, Colin. You're on the scene. I need you to lock it in for me. I'll lock it in here. I'll press the lock it in button that we have live on the porch. All right, you're locking in gigs. Yeah. Okay. So in, in episode 11, I talked about gigs as somewhat messy personal life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. Oh, we have personal insight into this. Yeah. We have personal cool. what? Well, what? Second, second hand, I second think, hand is a better way to phrase that. Uh, Indirect. Okay. We have more insight into this than the commoner on the street. Okay. Do we? Do we much around with your wife? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have Are you about to break some news? Someone yeah, this is a, a weird, weird time for Colin to talk about this, but. I have an acquaintance that ran into Ryan Giggs in oh, right. his building, like in his apartment building, having an argument with his girlfriend in the hallway. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Not everyone <laughs> has had that experience. <laughs> and then this acquaintance, like, didn't break up the fight, but interrupted the fight to be like, hey, hey are you can Ryan I get Giggs? a picture? <laughs> <laughs> so, so on my phone, I have a picture of my friend and Ryan Giggs and Ryan Giggs looking so annoyed. <laughs> he needed that story. There we go. All right. There we go. Okay, yes. But another messy story. Apparently, the Sun tabloid ran something about his affair with the model Imogen Thomas, and he sued them, but using the pseudonym CTV, which uh, had to be uh, a parliamentary privilege, the identity of that. Yeah, so it's Ryan Giggs. Oh, all well, right. Well, nice nice job, guys. Nice Way job. to go. Way to go, Colin. All steals so far. Indeed. All steals. Play better defense. Ricky Henny out here. Yeah. All right. Call in Dan and Ryan now to try and steal from Mike. Bruce Arena's second tenure as head coach of the U.S. men's national soccer mm -hmm. team. <laughs> Mike's one of Mike's categories. Mm -hmm. Bruce Arena. Yeah. You love big Bruce Arena fan, Mike. Huge Bruce Arena fan. Came to an ignominious close when a loss to what nation ensured that the U.S. failed to qualify for the 2018 FIFA World Cup? Feels like it's a Caribbean nation with a red and black flag, maybe a diagonal black. <laughs> I mean, come on, we don't need we don't need to 
talk through our thinking, we can just talk about Kuva, the pain. Kuva, it was Kuva. really Omar Gonzalez's what? fault. Yeah. Well, Something I mean, like. that's true, but also the retread, the retread Bruce Arena against. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that would have made it a one-one draw, which was. Still Collins, fun. Collins, really trying to make this like a seven-hour pod. Yeah. Okay. It's Trinidad Tobago. TNT. Yeah, unsurprisingly, Trinidad and Tobago is correct. Very good. All right. So we proceed now. Oh, no, Philip, sorry. <laughs> we proceed now to everyone versus Colin. <laughs> <laughs> the rules of soccer are codified. This is how I do the world, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting those crew neck sweatshirts um, printed right now. The rules of soccer are codified. Laws, laws Yogesh, they're, they're laws of. Of football. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The, the so-called laws of the game, first laid out in 18 by the Football Association. The 17 enumerated laws each cover different aspects of the game. What does law one govern? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say field. It governs like the the rules of the field itself, like dimensions, lines. You feel like that would be law one. What do you think law one is? You have to like lay out the. Because a lot of other laws are going to be like once you get into game play. Right. It's not a standalone kind of. Yeah, you got to set up the field first before you start playing the game. Uh, Yeah. Was this. What does law one govern? So today. But we should assume that it was the same in 1863, maybe. So I was going to say like uniform or code of conduct but those today are probably not the same as they were back then oh so that it's a it's a rule that has not changed well i'm not sure i i feel like the 1863 is just like a a little distraction just like look over here 1863 when they were written down i say i mean it makes the most sense for dimensions of the field agreed so like block it all right your answer is the, the field yeah Field of play. The field of play. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So, so the specific rules, I think, may change over time, but the laws, the laws themselves are just kind of areas that the rules are talking about. Okay. And those, I think, have been stable pretty much since 1863. Wow. Uh, is that right, Colin? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's as your foremost expert in the category. All right. So, yes, the field of play. I love that one of Colin's categories is laws of the game. Very Colin Smith category. <laughs> The legal representation of this podcast. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, five straight steals. Let's see if we can make it six. Now Colin and Mike to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. So, of course, no soccer podcast would be complete without questions about chess. Okay. This isn't really a chess question. That's just the pathway I chose to take into it. The so-called <laughs> immortal game of June 21st, 1851, which saw Adolf Anderson sacrifice a bishop, both rooks, and finally his queen, but still checkmate Lionel Kizaritsky, took place during a break in an international tournament organized by Howard Staunton to coincide with London's Great Exhibition of 1851. That exhibition was housed inside what purpose-built structure designed by Joseph Paxton. Following the exhibition, this structure was relocated to Sydenham Hill, where it burned down in 1936, but it's like gone. Yeah, Mike, we know this. Come on, buddy. I'll, I'll say the first word. You say the second word, or do you want to say the first word? And I'll say, you the, say the first word. word. You got it. Crystal Palace. <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. That's a first round question if I've ever seen one. 
All right. I would just pride comes before the fall. Yeah, Mike. For the, for the yeah. record, that was Mike that said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is why I come in last every time. Giving socks. We should have done Trinidad and Tobago that way, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to bring the team element into our answers, not just the like thought process. I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, oh my, some weird ass soccer tournament that happened in 1851. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It was a chess it tournament. Was a chess, chess you didn't tournament. understand the question. <laughs> no, but I thought I thought it was going to be a chess tournament that happened like during a soccer tournament. Yeah, exactly. During in the, between a soccer yeah, tournament or something like that, and I was like, oh my gosh, there was soccer in 1851. How did I not know that? Right. But one, one way or another, you got to the correct answer. Yeah, the, the area around Sydenham Hill became known as Crystal Palace Park and the club was named after it. And yeah. Yogesh, what's the record for most consecutive steals on a podcast? Ooh, great I, question. Yeah, I think that just happened. I think it was in just a few episodes ago, episode 33, I think, because I mentioned it at the time. I'll look it up while, while, while we are thinking over the next question. All right, so this question, everyone versus Mike. A certain company has lent its name to soccer stadiums in Sao Paulo, Brazil, Nice, France, Vienna, Austria, and Turin, Italy. That's not an exhaustive list. Which US state capital is home to arguably the second most prominent soccer stadium named for this company? So I immediately thought of Alliance which mm -hmm. has a bunch of soccer stadiums mm -hmm. named after it. Minneapolis Pacific. St. Paul is the capital. Oh, well, yes, sorry. Twin City Pacific. Right. So the second most prominent soccer stadium named for this company. Yeah, so the first most prominent then would be Munich. Right. And the second would probably be St. Paul. I mean, there's a stadium on this list that's in Turin. That could be Francis. What's the name of their stadium? The old lady. No, yeah, that's, I know. Like, that's the team. What currently, like branded as Audi. That's. I'm thinking DC United. Bruce Arena was another. U.S. State Capital. Oh, U.S. State Capital. I mean, Alliance or Alliance. Yeah. Is not yeah. a bad guess, but these are like Sao Paulo, Turin, and this stadium is the second most prominent. Exactly. I don't think St. Paul. Red is not more obvious no. than oh I like that guess. But that's but I'm it's not an Albany. I don't think it's Alliance because of that. Red Bull's not an Albany. So think of maybe US state capitals. Soccer stadium. It's a soccer stadium. What's Austin's stadium called? BW? Hmm. I have no idea what the Austin I'm trying to guess. But whatever it is, it has to be. You know, it can't be Bank of America, right? Because that's not going to be I'm trying to think of like, what, what are, is what are it's a soccer stadium, too. It's not going to be a big one that's repurposed as a what's Columbus's stadium capital, but I couldn't tell you what the stadium is. I think it's an insurance company like Matt Free, right? so it probably mm -hmm. wouldn't be that. I mean, Allianz is probably Allianz is a, is a solid guess, it's not a bad guess for sure. I think it's got to be that. I mean. I can't think of other and the Turin one could be a secondary. Well, form. what are other state capitals that have a MLS team? That's not a, New York, not Austin, not Florida, not Massachusetts, Charlotte. But that's not second. I mean, well, it's not most, not a right, soccer stadium, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, good point. 
Austin is the only one that I, the other one that I can think of, Columbus. I mean, it's got to be Alien. It's got to be. be. This is such a my question. If we get this wrong, he is 100% getting it. It's a capital and a soccer stadium. I know. This is very geographic. Yeah, it's geography and soccer stadiums in one question. It's got to be, I I think Alien sounds right. And it's international, right? So it's not going to be specific to the US. Yeah. So, the only other one, the only other, I mean, I'm sure there's more stadiums that I can think of that are international is like Red Bull Arena, but that's not in, that's not a new, that's not a state capital. Allianz makes the most sense. Unless it's like, I mean, DC United, but that's Audi and that's not a, it's not a state. state capital, right? Yeah. So I think Allianz makes the most sense. Let's go ahead. So the city, you know, the city. Oh, oh St. Paul. St. Paul, you're locking in? Yeah. Is that correct, Mike? I believe it is correct. But just in case it's not, I'm going to throw out Nashville because I know they just had a new stadium built and I don't know the name of it. And so maybe it's some weird multinational company, but it's probably, I think they're right. Yeah. So the answer to your question about what Juventus Stadium is called, apparently it is now called Allianz something oh. yeah oh there we go it's that branded even though i think in italy they still call it just the stadium something like that so this question says that the u.s state capital is home to arguably this oh arguably arguably good point we could yes. argue for days and we will he <laughs> <laughs> was about to that'll be a, a follow-up <laughs> podcast i was about to argue that this would be the company's third most prominent soccer stadium name for this company because munich that's got to be first. Yeah, it's got to be first. Yes. Most it's prominent be, in Minnesota. It's been rebranded. It's definitely Allianz. It's still? It's yeah. just lit up in, in rainbow colors for, for Pride team, Month. For Team Rainbow? <laughs> 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 Bring it back. Bring <laughs> Team Rainbow back. So, uh, yeah, I just realized now, actually, that one of my favorite jokes is to talk about how Sao Paulo is right next to Minneapolis, Brazil. And it still didn't click that, like, there's a Sao Paulo and St. Paul, an Allianz in Sao Paulo and St. Paul. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. But, yeah, St. Paul's correct. I looked it up. The episode 33 opened with 12 straight steals. Wow. I borrowed you. More than halfway there. Yeah. And episode 26 had 10 straight. That also had some tough <laughs> So yeah, you're on your way there. Let's see how, how long you can how long you can prolong the streak. Okay, Mike, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Colin. Yes. In Latin America, Barra Brava is a generic term for <laughs> soccer clubs, organized supporters groups. In the U.S., however, La Barra Brava refers to one specific group that supports which MLS franchise? Guys, I got it. I got Talk it, guys. Talk it out. The answer is just DC United. I'm a DC United fan. We have several support groups, but one of the most prominent support groups that we have is La Barra Brava. Lock it in, baby. I'll so, hit that button from, from downtown in Portland. Let's do it. No flaw. Lock it in. Yeah, so you may have felt biased against by some of the earlier questions. I knew you'd get, I knew you'd get back to me, Yogesh. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was a special one for you. All right. <laughs> You're one of my special ones. I'm just trying to get to that steel streak, baby. We're all in this together. Yeah. Yes. Good at it. I like that attitude. All right. Colin and Mike now to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. Do in part to a, oh, and this is, I think, what former contestant Daryl talked about my Proustian questions, ones that relate to memorable experiences from my own life. So I guess 
I guess this is one of those, due in part to a group stage victory over Colombia that indirectly led to the tragic death of defender Andres Escobar, the U.S. qualified for the knockout stage of the 1994 FIFA World Cup. There, however, their dreams were dashed on the 4th of July with a 1-0 defeat by Brazil. I watched that game on TV with my father and brother, little knowing that some 11 years later, I would occupy a spot in that same venue, sitting between my friends, Jeff Trevino and Greg Taylor, as Steve Jobs advised us to stay hungry and stay foolish. <laughs> in which stadium did that fateful round of 16 game between the U.S. and Brazil take place? Oh, man, that's wow. tough. Wow, wow, wow. All right, so 94 World Cup. Wow, wow, wow. Where were the games played? The USA. Yep. <laughs> That's a good start. There was a jump. All right. I mean, it's... Where did Yogesh... It is it's did probably... 2005. Let's look at his itinerary. Yeah. Bring up the, the Wayback Machine, Yogesh's travel. I think we have a Google Doc on this. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably a stadium in California. It's probably a stadium in the Bay Area, right? That's where Steve Jobs was based. I mean, that's... That's a good, so candlestick would have been the correct answer at the time. I would say that I'm going to go for the non-soccer part of this, that Yogesh, who I do not know very well, was graduating from something, probably college mm, mm. at that time. And that was a commencement speech. So I would say that Steve Jobs potentially could have traveled for that. Okay. I like um, that. But I like your answer of saying California instead of like, the Pontiac Silverdome, right? Where Steve the Jobs ain't going to Michigan. They played a group stage game there, so they would not have played a knockout stage game there anyway. But so, I feel, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I like I like where you're going with this, and UCLA plays their football games at the Rose Bowl. Yep, it stands to reason that they might also hold graduation there. Did and UCLA, I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, I don't think there are <laughs> other soccer on this, and we're just going speculating about Yogesh history. Yeah, Yogesh history. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. My my initial thought was Rose Bowl for this game, so I feel like you've talked me into a column. Yeah, I mean, we know there were Rose games at the Rose Bowl in the nineteen ninety four World Cup. We know that's one of the whatever twelve venues. So I feel like Candlestick is a potential other venue. But I don't know if it's more likely than like a random other place. Um, yeah. I guess were there also, I feel like there might have been games at Stanford Stadium. Yeah. But now I, I feel much more confident. I feel certain that there were some games at the Rose Bowl. Just a matter of was I Steve Jobs talking there? there? I feel like Stanford Stadium is, is another guess because somehow i have in my memory that stanford stadium is the smallest venue from that world cup okay because stanford stadium is probably like 60 or 55 and there's a bunch in that world cup that are like 80 or 100 like the rose bowl yeah but still i feel like if we don't say the rose bowl we're gonna feel like dum-dums yeah but if we say stanford stadium and it's, it's right we're gonna feel like kings <laughs> It's and just, we're going to keep really that philosophical question about how you want to live your life. You're going to keep that people <laughs> alive too. So, Look, what would what would Steve Jobs want us to do? He wants to stay hungry and, more importantly, stay foolish. 
the foolish answer here would be Stanford Stadium. There's no doubt about that. Let's go for it. We'll lock in Stanford Stadium. So uh, Steve Jobs' advice is, yeah, still paying dividends after all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't believe you got there. I'm so upset. That's wild. Did you know that, Dan? Yeah. Because I know where Yogi's went to college. Oh, well, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, cheating. That's not cheating. Can we do 45 minutes on 1994 venues of I mean, the clearly World me Cup? and Mike would dominate you at that. Yeah. Uh, please. Only 45? Multiple stadiums, multiple venues in California. I mean, just, I mean I Northern would, California and Southern California long distance. I mean, I feel like California covered. Soldier Field was probably one. Uh, so it was definitely Giant one. Stadium. In I mean, Silverdome, 100%. Yeah. RFK. RFK was in there. Yeah. Uh, Cotton Bowl, I believe. Well, that makes sense. Lock it in. Maybe. Actually, maybe not. Probably not. What are we doing right now? (laughs) A soccer track podcast. Yes. (laughs) I do remember there were nine venues. And I mean, I think most of the ones you listed, I do recall. But yeah, that wasn't really the point of the question. Great job on that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you kept the streak alive. Good Um, job. Staying foolish. Exactly. Yeah. I think two of their group stage games were in the Rose Bowl and the other in the Pontiac or Silverdome. Yeah. My favorite Silverdome. Yes, but they're around. Second favorite for me. Stanford Stadium. All right. So uh, we end that round actually just exactly where we began it because every question was stolen. Perfect. uh, It's 12.3 Mike, 12.0 Colin, 12.1 Dan and Ryan. Yes. Yeah, you don't have infinite more points than me now, do you? Calling in the behind. Calling out here thinking this was washers when this is actually trivia. Yeah, so the magnitude of the difference is the same, but it has shrunken in proportion. All right, everyone ready to go on to the next round? So ready. Ready. All right. The only somewhat hard round of questions will be worth four points as a seal, three points as a specialist. And we begin with Colin, Dan, and Ryan to try and seal for Mike. Following in the footsteps of Jim Brown, Bruce Arena was a member of the U.S. national really team Bruce Arena. <laughs> that won a 1974 World Championship in what sport? Sorry, say that again. I was it's coming. I interrupted myself. Following in the footsteps of Jim Brown, Bruce Arena was a member of the U.S. national team that won a 1974 World Championship in which sport? It's got to be lacrosse. Did Jim Brown play? Jim Brown, Jim played, Brown lacrosse. played lacrosse. That's, I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, uh, definitely lacrosse. Bruce Arena came through for University of Virginia, which is a big lacrosse, lacrosse school for big, sure. Big, big lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah. Lacrosse. Yeah, that's what you're locking in? Yes. Yeah. I think he actually attended Cornell. I think Virginia is where he coached. Come on, guys. Know your Bruce Arena. Still lacrosse. Still yeah, Mike yeah. picked Bruce Arena. <laughs> I can't believe Mike. Absolutely this is wild. This is wild. Uh, I yeah. thought Mike hate, hated Bruce Arena. He, he loves to hate Bruce because <laughs> he knows a lot about it. Because he, he just Googles him to hate him. Yeah. Just constantly reading his Wikipedia page and getting angry. <laughs> Mike hates himself and he expresses that through a hate. <laughs> so, since the cat is out of the bag, I will say when Mike emailed me this category, I just assumed it was like a stadium. Yeah. Oh, the Bruce, Bruce Arena. Arena. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, this is a, a manager who's not even that great. That's so great. <laughs> He's not even like a uh, some stadium in Scotland. He'd be better mm-hmm. as an arena. <laughs> <laughs> I sat down to be like, okay, what interesting games happened in this loose arena? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's so great. Love it. Love it. All right. But yes, lacrosse is correct. Ten straight steals. Let's uh, 
Nice. Let's keep keep going with Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and see what we can call it. Come on, Mike. Okay. The again, just you know, this is a slightly longer question, so try and keep focus on what's being asked for. The cinematic Green Street trilogy kicked off with 2005's Green Street Hooligans, starring Elijah Wood as an American who visits London after being expelled from Harvard and gets drawn into a hooligan firm called the Green Street Elite, or GSE. In the film, GSE's rival firm, NGO, represents what London-based club? As I have not yet gotten into black books, sorry, Andrew, my main mental association with this club is the typical Asian parent sketch from Goodness Gracious Me, in which a father is informed that his son made this club's first team and responds angrily, Mr. Rohin's son is getting into Liverpool, but my son can only get a place in this club. He will bring shame to the family. I gotta read that book. I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. And isn't there, their, their motto is like, you don't like us and we don't care or something like that i'm 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 da yeah. dancing around millwall yeah that was what i had to bummer yeah but what is isn't don't they have or they sing a song of, about like how no one likes us no one likes us no one likes us we don't care there we go we're from millwall fucking millwall that's one effing millwall no, I've already sworn on this. Us. This is this we is already explicit. It's already explicit. So we're I guess we're taking Millwall. You guys feel okay with locking in Millwall? What does NGO stand for? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just curious. Isn't I don't know. That's a business thing. <laughs> Non-governmental. Non-governmental organization. Yeah. Uh, Millwall, sure. Yeah, if we're still doing British comedy references, I could talk about the it takes two to quango from Yes Minister, but <laughs> who was approaching this from the comedy angle. <laughs> Rest of you all had actual knowledge. Um, <laughs> I just remember that the dad in that sketch saying, Millwall, Millwall, Millwall. <laughs> uh, and in episode 25, Andrew Fisher referenced the Black Books, the first episode, the Millwall chant that Bernard makes up on the spot. That's apparently a famous thing. In, fans of that show but anyway yeah I, I deleted West Ham United which was the firm or which was the club actually supported by the main firm in that movie because apparently it's really well known who, who their rivals are yeah you, you it would have definitely been another hint yeah yeah, yeah. you still got to know well that's good I didn't realize it was a trilogy there's three. yeah me neither yeah there are three yes oh. although I think Elijah Wood is only in the first one. okay I was going to ask if he was in all three he made that exit at yeah. the appropriate time <laughs> All right, Colin and Mike now to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. In the previous crossover episode, episode 29, I noted that Douglas on the Isle of Man does not have official UK city status. That was true at the time, but it has recently been announced that eight new cities, including Douglas, will be designated as part of the celebrations accompanying Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. One of those eight is what planned settlement in Buckinghamshire that was created in 1967 and controversially received a professional soccer club in 2004. Mike, I know the answer to this. Colin, I also think I know the answer to this. I mean, it's geography, so you, you should know the answer to this. Is it, also, it, also urban planning. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. It's urban planning, so you should. Guys, I mean, everything is kind of geography. <laughs> For you, maybe. Also, everything is physics, Mike. <laughs> sure. That was can't, ar can't argue with that. Buckinghamshire? Don't know where that is, but... Yeah. Received a soccer club in 2004, would that be Wimbledon? And then Plant City, would that be Milton Keynes? 
That is exactly what I was thinking, Colin. Would you be so kind as to lock it in for us? I will do that with the locked in button, which I'm very tired of pressing, but I'll do it. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered to be here. Lock in Milton Keynes. MK Dons. Yeah. So the Dons. Yes. Apparently, AFC Wimbledon was created after the previous Wimbledon team left to go to Milton Keynes. Apparently, there was a huge controversy around it, which I kind of skimmed the Wikipedia. There's a separate Wikipedia article just about the controversy over the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. People were not thrilled. Ever to put it lightly. Oh, yeah, Lee. Never started his career then. Yeah. I spent the week there when I was about 18. I drank through most of that. I was about <laughs> yeah. So apparently, even though the name was kind of pre existing for that area, it was specifically picked to sort of echo John Milton and John Maynard Keynes, sort of the, the poet and the economist, mixing together the, I guess, two kinds of visions that they wanted to promote. Seems British to me. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> depressing place, I'm really honest. All right. So, okay, you tied the record now. I think that was 12 straight. Let's go. Low no pressure. No pressure. Records are like rules. It's <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'll go. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. So in the, the, uh, the music episode, they fell on the lucky 13. So we'll see, we'll see what happens here. Going down music. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Colin, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Mike. At the 2000 US Open chess tournament, the great Hikaru Nakamura finished in 20th place after winning a mere six of his nine games. A result that becomes far less surprising when you realize that at the time he was not yet 13 years old. <laughs> Finishing a half point ahead of Nakamura in 17th place with only two losses, one to its eventual tournament champion, Alex Yermolinsky, was a man who less than two years earlier had co-founded a company called Confinity. Confinity later evolved into what corporation whose name currently graces an MLS stadium? Oh, man, that's harsh. Names that, of course, Mike's, Mike's uh, category is MLS stadium. Yeah. He doesn't know the name of Nashville Stadium, so he already let that one slip. <laughs> Confinity. But that's not the name of the corporation. Anymore. Mm -hmm. Where did this US, uh, that probably doesn't matter. Just start naming MLS clubs and their stadiums. I mean, Go. Map, map free. Map free, Feels we talked like... about. Allianz, definitely not. Map free? Why does that feel like that's- I don't know. It's just like another weird name of a thing. You could. Okay, so I'm gonna take this approach. It's a, chess, it's a chess guy. Yeah. Confinity sounds techie. Okay. So I'm gonna go like, it's a tech company. What's right? San Jose's stadium called? Right, exactly. So, or like industries that are like the entrepreneur, the, the founder could be like a tech guy. Mm -hmm. So Map Free is, is, I think, a fairly old ish. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but insurance company mm -hmm. doesn't feel like a newish, it, uh, it's not gonna young be founder. Right. Right. So and we can, it's I, not going to be any car stadiums. So Toyota's, right, exactly. Audi's. Yeah, exactly. Those are all out. What's San Jose's stadium called? I honestly thought it was Matt Free. I know that Columbus used to be, but I think that San Jose stadium is now called Matt Free. He's I'll, really going for Matt Free, which is I'm, an insurance company. I'm telling you that <laughs> before the, if you asked me before this question, and even before Colin said Matt Free in relation to Columbus, if you asked me what San Jose was, I would have said, oh, I think I remember that it's Matt Free because Columbus, I thought, was Matt Free, but actually, I don't think it is anymore. I think San Jose is And Matt you hate San Jose like I Mike hate hates San Jose. Chris Arena. I'm just saying, 
I agree with everything Colin said about like, I don't think it's a tech company, it's an insurance company. Maybe it's like a tech driven insurance company and they like use super algorithms to fuck people even more than normal insurance companies do. I don't know. But I think San Jose is math free. What if the answer is Bruce Arena? <laughs> Bruce. I mean, that was Bruce. I, I'm happy locking in math free. I mean, I guess we can, but. I, I but I mean. I mean, okay, I just talked around a question for ages with Mike and we got to Stanford Stadium. So I feel like we're a little bit. What was this guy's name? Con- I don't care. Confinity was the name of the company. Oh, Confinity. It was just so techy to me. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's just like r- rattle off a few stadiums that we can remember. They change all the time. StubHub. I, mean, I agree. Okay, that's uh, not it. What's Orlando? Toyota, Audi. What's Orlando? What's Philly right now? Let me tell you. What's, do we know, what's Seattle right now? Quest? Quest, that sounds right, but I feel like that changes every week. Yeah, but Quest, see, it's Seattle, that's techie. I, yeah. I feel like Quest is as good as Map Free. But if it's going to be Map, if it's Map Free, then we're going to feel really foolish. And by I, Mike, That's exactly what we said about the Rose Bowl, and then we took Stanford, and we felt like kings. But you were... You weren't set on Rose Bowl. Let's just go back. Let's relitigate the last question. <laughs> but Seattle is sufficiently techy to also be like, okay, Quest. And we like Quest better from, I don't know what they do, but if, if Quest we like sounds, it. Quest sounds a little bit more Confinity than, exactly. than Map 3. And Map 3 maybe not, is the, not in the right sector to okay. feel good about this. So I like Quest better than Map 3. Okay. We've upgraded our answer. Okay. Doesn't mean we're done. What else? What's Austin? I don't know. And I asked you this two questions ago. <laughs> Fair. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, Mike's going to get this. We're going to lose this. Let's, let's lock in the quest. All right, let's, let's lock, lock in lock quest. quest. I feel like we're about one in seven to get that right. Quest. All right, you're in quest. Mike, what do you think? I don't. I don't know. But I will say I think a lot of the thoughts that these guys had were going in the right direction. Confinity definitely sounds like some kind of BS tech company that does a bunch of stuff in the background that you never interact with. And yet, you know, everyone who founded it is cajillionaires. I was going with the Austin stadium because there's a lot of tech in Austin. And I know the stadium is called, or I believe it's called Q2, which is another name that doesn't mean anything that also sounds very techy. That's, that's just Quest. That's just Quest too. Yeah, it's that's Quest squared. Thing. Okay, great. Don't care. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Q2. Mm, okay. Mm. So the, the chess master in question here, I, I did not include his name in the question on purpose because it's someone I think you've all heard of. He is officially a, a national master and a, a life master of the U.S. Chess Federation. That's not what he's best known for, though. His name is Peter Thiel. Oh. oh. And the company yes. he founded is PayPal. Uh, and is it San Jose? I believe so. PayPal. Well, thanks, Dan. For yeah, I didn't even know that there was a PayPal stadium. So, PayPal would have been if, if I knew there was a PayPal stadium. Great answer. <laughs> it's a tech company, right? Like it's a thing that exists on your phone. Didn't Elon Musk have something to do with PayPal? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was founded, I think, by the merger of Confinity with X.com, which Musk was involved with. Mm. But yeah, the stadium's called PayPal Park. It's the home of the San Jose Earthquakes. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. That's I'm, okay. I didn't want to break the record. You just needed to hate San Jose more than Mike hated Bruce Arena. So you just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hard to do. Uh, 
hard to hate someone that much for something. Yeah. Next time we do this, yeah, or or just hate Peter Thiel, which many people do. Yeah, yeah. or Elon Musk also, or Elon Musk, or both of them. Doesn't have, it could be a doesn't have to be an either or. So yeah. a lot of hate to go around in this world. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, so uh, the pressure is off. You're all still separated by just three tenths of a point from first and third. So uh, we'll continue now to question fourteen, Mike. Dan and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. Until it evolved into the World Mini Football Federation circa 2013, the governing body of indoor soccer was a Mexico headquartered organization known as FIFRA, F-I-F-R-A, which is awfully similar to FIFA, except that it has an R. What, <laughs> what did the R in FIFRA stand for? Okay, so this Long name though? is, what? I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of soccer terms that start with R, and one is Rondo. <laughs> so it's got to be related to I mean, football or indoor football, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah. That's, it's probably uh, either a French or Spanish word. I'm probably thinking. not an English word because FIFA uh, is French and Mexico they speak Spanish there. So FIFA is Federation Internationale de Football Association right. in French. If this is in Mexico, it's probably Spanish, but I assume follows a similar linguistic and word like I mean, pattern. What are they Colin, Colin licking his fingers like he knows the answer to this one. <laughs> like he's got a dozen donuts in front of him. Licking my fingers like I just ate my seventh donut is the correct <laughs> So how do you say mini football or indoor football in Spanish? Rondo. Reduction. Football reduction. <laughs> FR. How would you say small football? Reduced. I mean, small as pequeño. Mm, not an R. Not an R. I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. And my best guess is Rondo, which it is could like be like small sided <laughs> keep away game, which is practically indoor soccer. It could be like rapid, like indoor soccer is faster. Palmer, mm. mm. I like to apologize. I was thinking of Rondo as a Rabona. Oh, no. So that made no sense. Yeah. I was yeah. like, no, you know what I'm talking about. Rondo, you know what I'm talking about now, right? Still doesn't quite make sense, but it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Rapid is okay. Retro. Small indoor. Reflexive. It almost could be reconstruction association. What's, <laughs> what's the indoor uh, 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 futsal? Mm, see, mm -hmm. that's. What is like something around that? It's a. I don't know. Five aside? Could it be five? I mean, that's five uh, is. I mean, five is. Five is an go. That starts with an uh, <laughs> Not an R. The R is silent. Seven aside? What's seven? CSA. CSA? Also, French. the R is silent. French. I already tried to brag about my French skills. Okay. I, Mike, I don't. Let's do this. Do you guys have a better guess than Rondo? <laughs> I don't. I I think I, I think like I don't. I think Rondo's a pretty bad guess. I'd rather guess Rapido, but I'm also- Rondo's a bad guess. I'm, I'm incredibly cocky. So if you guys think Rondo's a better guess, then pick Rondo. Federation International Rapido Association? Football Rapido. Football, it's, it's an adjective probably, right? It's the International Federation of this kind of, of blank football, basically. And Rondo is a, is a noun. So I don't think it's gonna be Rondo. Okay, let's go. So with. I think we need we need some kind of adjective here. Rapido, rapido, it is. You you've changed my mind. Okay, 
I don't think this is right, but I'm glad I could convince you to do my wrong answer instead of your wrong answer. We'll take Mike's wrong answer, Rapido. That's what you're locking in? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's actually both the R and A are short for Rapido. Whoa. Let's go. Mike, good job, Mike. Wow. That is like on par with Stanford Stadium. You're on a roll. Did you know that, Colin? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of, I guess, what they call it in Mexico. Football rapido, fast football. Amazing. Let's go. All right, Colin and Mike. Now. Can't wait to lose this in round three. Colin <laughs> <laughs> and Mike to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. So in the previous crossover episode, we discussed the game of their lives, the 2005 film dramatizing the U.S. national team's massively unexpected 1-0 victory over England at the 1950 FIFA World Cup. That film contains many inaccuracies, including depicting Walter Barr rather than Ed McIlvenny as the team captain, referencing Stanley Mortensen's hat trick in the FA Cup final, even though that didn't happen until 1953, and presenting Joe Gachins, the scorer of that winning U.S. goal, as a practitioner of voodoo which he was most definitely not. Speaking of Gachins, it is not known precisely when or how he died, but he was disappeared in 1964 after being arrested by which dictator's Tonton Macou paramilitary force? Okay. Tonton Macou. We need, we need a person here or a, a nation? Person. Well, that's going to be tough. <laughs> well, so Gachins... I believe is Cuban, is that? I think he's Haitian. Oh, Haitian, that's right. Shit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's we Cuban, it, it would be a lot easier yeah. to name a Cuban dictator probably than a Haitian dictator. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. Tonton Macou. Yeah, and also Man. like the French Tonton Macou is like, yeah, he's Haitian, but I mean, I don't know my 60s Haitian dictators, basically, is the answer to this question. Yeah, yeah. This is a tough one. I mean, it, it could be, do we know any other dictators from the 60s? I know you like a dictator here and again, Colin. I don't know when <laughs> Castro took over Cuba, but that's where I was going with my answer. I mean, I know the, the Bay of Pigs was during Kennedy's presidency, and Kennedy was killed in 63, so that means... Castro was, he was around. That's what I'm saying. He was around. <laughs> he so, was so, yeah, let's, I mean, that's, that's as good as I can do, I would say. All right, let's just, that's wrong, but we'll say it anyway. Lock it yeah. Castro. All right, yeah, as you uh, sort of predicted, that is not the correct answer. <laughs> Fine. That's what Dan and Ryan. we thought, too. I don't know that, <laughs> but let's think of some Haitian surnames, unless you can... Unless you know. The only Haitian surname I could come up with is Dachins. <laughs> Baptiste, Pierre. Fair enough. Uh, He's pretty ironic, though, if it was Dachins. He kidnapped himself. <laughs> yeah. His brother kidnapped him or something. <laughs> Uncle. Uh, Do we? I mean, this podcast being listened to by a bunch of very smart people that know lots of things about everything. Mm -hmm. Do we know that Haiti was the subject of a dictatorship? at roughly this time in history, or should we be looking way outside of that? I mean- Like Spain, what was the Spanish dictator at this point? But the, the name of the paramilitary- It kind of sounds French, but- That was my initial, I was like, oh, this is a French, probably Haitian. 
know. Jean Baptiste. You want for a hyphenated last name? Sure. Random. Yes. Why not? Love it. For a jazz last name. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Altidore. He's Haitian. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I do know other Haitian last names, all related to soccer. You're right. I'm trying to think of other Haitian last names. I don't know. Paul. Put <laughs> your pick. Lock it in. Baptiste. Lock in Baptiste. All right. Yeah. So. I will say the nation in question is definitely Haiti. Yeah, so trying to guess sort of French sounding last names was a good strategy. Can we get a hundredth of a point for those? <laughs> I think, yeah, Tonton Maku, I think is, well, that, I think that was like a folkloric sort of boogeyman character. I think it literally means like Uncle Gunny Sack. It was like a boogeyman who kidnapped children and put them in a sack and cared. Mm. And Sounds like Santa Claus. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Backwards Santa Claus. Robin Hood, <laughs> children murderer Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus was explained differently by your mom. What's the what's the uh, the evil Santa Claus? That oh, was a movie. Krampus. Krampus? Krampus? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. A, a bit, yeah, but that. I mean, I think you can kind of see how it got applied to the sort of secret police paramilitary mm-hmm. force that constantly disappeared people. But yeah, much of the twentieth century, there were uh, two dictators of Haiti who were father and son, and so I would have accepted actually if you had the right nickname for them because they were commonly known as Papa Doc and Baby Doc. Oh, Papa mm. mm-hmm. yeah. Not related to Baby Rapino. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think it's a football Rapino. <laughs> no way, that's something different. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so uh, Baby Doc was Jean-Claude Duvalier, Papa Doc was Francois Duvalier, and it was, in 64, it was Papa Doc in power. He was the one who established the Tonton Macou. So yeah, either Francois Duvalier or Papa Doc, I would have accepted. Yeah, the other interesting fact about that movie I considered asking about was that so Stanley Mortensen was obviously a small a, a minor character in it because he was English not one of the Americans he was actually played by Gavin Rossdale of Bush <laughs> yeah that's interesting that is trivia that, yeah <laughs> that is trivia all right so continue on to the next question Colin Dan and Ryan to try and steal from Mike current Austin FC head coach Josh Wolf is known for being man of the match in a February 28, 2001 World Cup qualifying game played in Columbus. Over a year later, he set up Brian McBride for the go-ahead goal in a match in the round of 16 of the 2002 FIFA World Cup knockout stage. What three-word, not-in-English phrase has come to be applied to both of those games, as well as several that have been played since? Dos. A. Zero. Those arrows suck at Mike. <laughs> always, generally, always against the Mexican national team. Yep. USA on the Dubs. This would be the only one not in Columbus? This the one, one in, in the World Cup? Yeah, the one in the oh. World Cup. It would yeah. be the only one not in Columbus. Yeah, Probably. for, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Dos yep. Sarah, lock it in. Uh, yeah, so. Um, in- I, I just want to, you know, I think that's right, but in case it's not right, I think it might also be. Suck it, Palmer. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all the uh, fans chanting "suck it." <laughs> I feel like that I have a whole a whole stadium full. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in the previous or in the most recently released episode, there was a question: Would the answer is Marco Polo? And I told the players that they could have, you know, made it fun by one of them saying Marco and the other yeah. saying Polo. <laughs> 
But that that didn't happen. But you guys figured out a way to do uh, one word each of the answers. That's two hundred and seventy yeah. odd episodes of podcasting. We just <laughs> finish each other's sentences at this point. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're already at the penultimate question of the round. I hope I'm keeping up with the scoring correctly. I'll go back and recheck everything. But I. Uh, it's right. In the end, Colin wins for some reason. <laughs> I know. I'm going to cheat at some point here. <laughs> All right. So Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. The soccer field contains a curved line, sometimes called the D, but officially the penalty arc, designating an area where other players cannot encroach when someone is taking a penalty kick. What is the exact distance in yards between the penalty spot and the penalty arc? I'm almost positive it's 10 yards. I love that Colin, his category is just the field. Or yeah, perhaps the it's field itself. Law number one of the game. It's 12. From, My three categories are laws, one through three. It's 12 from the from the goal, goal line to, to the, the penalty spot. So that's 18, right? From the from the goal line to the to the line of the 18, right? So <laughs> it's, it's it's I like you're like it's 18. This is 18 not this is line. not your question. <laughs> so then we have so then we have six yards from the penalty spot to the line of the 18th. Yep. So then think there's got, there's like, think about four steps. Feels like about four yards. Right. And I'm almost positive as a former referee. Well, you got to give a 10, give a 10. Right. So if there, yeah. there are so dead balls marker. from that spot and you got to give 10 it's yards. It's a marker. So it's 10. It's a marker. It's a, I'm <laughs> physically preventing <laughs> taking our right I think now. it's, I think it's a, it's a, a marker for the referee to be like, that's what 10 yards looks like. As a former referee, if you get this question wrong, your license is going to be revoked. It's, it has it's already lapsed. It's already been lapsed for a few years. As if the referees mark the field before the game is played. <laughs> Always do. What do you think they do? Walk around pulling on nets and stuff? <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I like that because it, you got, the opponent has to be 10 yards from the dead ball when it's taken, right? Yeah. So it, like, it also just holds up. Oh yeah. yeah, from the I got you. Yes, right. That makes sense. Too. Mike, what are you doing over there? I mean, I'm just looking at Yogesh and three black boxes. So it feels like a work meeting right now. Everyone's got their camera off. It's great, but yeah, I think I think ten is also correct. Lock it in. Lock right. it in. Ten yards. Yeah, something I tell people, I always say, oh, you know, it's an entertainment podcast, not a licensing exam. I guess sometimes you <laughs> can cross over with a licensing <laughs> exam. <laughs> Chief Pro Palmer's license is still intact after this question. Bang bang. Uh, yes, it is. It is 10 yards. All right. And now final question of this round before we go to the super hard round and the values go up. Great, because I need another bathroom break. We also might need some phone chargers. Oh, okay. All right. Colin and Mike try and steal from Dan and Ryan. Oh, and by the way, with regard to categories, again, since it's out of the bag, I do like that when Colin sent it to me, he specified not the stadium, the field itself. I didn't want to say questions that Mike could get right. Yes. <laughs> Only field questions, grassy questions, if you will. Grassroots, we love grassroots. I'm saying. Turf, turf also allowed. Yeah, that was uh, a good clarification. All right. Okay, it's calling Mike to steal from Dan and Ryan. Let's hear it for fair play. What author of the 2021 book, The Uncomfortable Truth About Racism, made a record 201 Premier League appearances without once being booked? He also made a different kind of record, contributing a rap verse to New Order's only UK number one single, World in Motion. Whoa. Wow. 201, 201 
appearances without being booked and a UK rap. So this is a guy who either had a a fairly, oh, what, 200 appearances. That's like six years-ish. It's like 38 games a year. Colin, you're good at math. How many years is that? What do you feel about Ian Wright for this? Sure. People seem to like him. He's the kind of guy, I don't know this book. He's the kind of guy who would have written a book like that. Like he's very involved in social issues. Yep. He's a striker. So it's possible you could go two and one for merely appearances without just picking up a tactical file. I have an idea for this. Um, um, that's right. It's not your turn. I'm Palmer, can you, uh, we're really trying to focus here. <laughs> Sit down. I can't, I got to pee. <laughs> <laughs> If you have to go potty, stop and go right away. Okay, let's just go with Ian Wright. I mean, we're not going to get a better. Yeah, you don't have to sell me on Ian Wright. I don't have like a better person to answer this question for. All right, Ian Wright. All right, Dan and Ryan, what do you think? I, so I don't know if this is right, yeah. but you have to think about a player that doesn't often get booked. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it's not an a outfield player. I'm thinking it's a goalkeeper. Yeah, I like that. And I'm thinking Thanks. Shaka Hislop. Oh, wow. That's such a good guess. I love that. I love that's, that. That's all. That's the best I got. I he's, he's on. That. He's on TV. I feel like he has. He has. I hate, a lot I hate of that guess. Uh, he's in the media. Yeah, he has a lot of different skills. That feels like about the right level of player to have made. Like you know, maybe he started a few seasons. He got yep. some backup appearances. Whatever. Two hundred appearances. That's that's a good number of appearances. But he's like he went. He went two hundred games without getting like a time wasting booking. Come on. Come on. I, I, think very that reasonable. I think that's possible. There, I don't Shaka know. Shaka Hislop also just seems like a great dude. Yep. But can he rap? Let's lock in yeah. Shaka Hislop. Lock it, lock it in. All right. Yeah. So I think when New Order recorded a song with the England football team, the, the noise you heard was the ghost of Ian Curtis turning in his grave. <laughs> but, um, this uh, the, the rap first song that was contributed by a man. I didn't know about him before researching for this podcast, but he sounds very interesting. His name is John Barnes. Ah. Oh. Uh. Colin, we should have got that. They had like the Liverpool rap. I like my guess. I like both of our guesses, honestly. They're not terrible guesses. We've had some terrible guesses on this podcast so far. Neither of those were that. Rondo was, but that <laughs> never locked that one in. Like, I could show, although it's now hearsay, I suppose, that I thought of John Barnes and then forgot to mention it while we were talking. Mm. So just personal credit. I'm taking personal credit. <laughs> I had an idea, guys. I had an idea. You're a better man than us, Dan. <laughs> I mean, it's zero. I live in the real world. Okay. Yeah. Go pee. Okay. All right. <laughs> also, yeah. phone chargers and water. And the stretch. That's it. thought John Barnes. And then I was thinking about how it was John Charles, right? Clive's brother. Right. And then I just lost the train of thought because I was thinking of John's. Yeah, I guess with him kind of standing and moving around was a little distracting. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, Paul. Sit down. Yeah, I mean, I think we're making fairly good time. This is so fun. Yeah, Yeah, this is great. Such a pleasure. Do not care about the podcast element about this. Yeah. Just having a nice time on the porch. Exactly. I'm also very happy that my wife and kids are having lunch with Ryan's wife and child so that they're occupied and not like, not at home being like, when is Dan coming back? Yeah.
I feel like we're performing a little bit better than last last episode. Oh, yeah, now that Yogurt is in. These questions are easier than last time. We thought we were done last time. I like how you're like, oh, yeah, now Yogesh is not here, but this is also all being recorded. That's yeah. true. That's true. But uh, he'll hear it after. Yeah. Um, he, he took pity on us, as any good trivia host should. But we're doing better. You think so? You know, how many how many non-soccer fanatics are guessing Chaka to stop? These are not questions that are easier. Or John Barnes. Sure. Maybe we just did better picking our categories to be like, yeah. Five so, five Charles. Yeah. I just think his like his the field questions for you guys are like maybe they're just I mean that's the only category. That's the only category. What are we not gonna know category? About the field? Yeah, that's what but he could I felt like last time, maybe this is me misremembering last time, is that he took the thing. And then turned it around so that the question wasn't was yeah. 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 yeah yeah it was so like this a question about the person who wrote the laws of the game not about the yeah, laws themselves exactly. or something or like the soccer field is this big which is the same size as this other thing and you'd just be like oh, i mean, don't know also yeah. i feel like that happened more in round number three which is coming up yeah so there might be, be, yeah. be a recency bias or yeah. Whatever. yeah it ended that way it ended time. that way last time yeah that's probably true I love Blue Star Donuts. They're so good. Mike, how's life? Life is great. Mike, you got um, you got a month, baby. Yeah, I've got a month to the baby. Month and three days. We got some dressers today, so we could give the babies our old dresser. You know, nice. Just doing doing baby shit. Started putting together a packing list for the hospital. Yeah. Just stuff like that. Getting close to that window where you got to have the go bag. Yeah. Yeah. We were at a class last week and they were like, yeah, you should really have your go bag ready at 36 weeks. And we're like, oh, fuck. That's like next week. Yeah. How's Anna feeling? She's feeling great. Honestly, like, yeah, she's she's killing it. That's good. Big ups to Anna. Yeah. 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 I feel like she keeps talking to people who have been pregnant and they're like, oh, man, I bet you're like, really want this baby out ASAP. And she's like, I mean... I don't want it forever, but I'm not like dying over here. So, <laughs> and also, there's a major hurdle to getting it out, mm, yeah. which is getting it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some of the videos that I've seen in these classes, like we should be showing to 16 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want this. It's like, look what happens. Yeah. Look what happens. Yeah. Okay. Round We're three. Back. We're back. <laughs> Okay, so a little bit of separation in scores at the end of that round. I'll go back and recheck everything, but what I have is 28.3 for Mike, 24.0 for Colin, and 32.1 for Dan and Ryan. Damn, Colin, you suck. What are you doing? Not very well. So basically one question separation between everyone. And now in round three, the super hard round, the questions will be worth six points as a steal and five as a specialist. Yogesh. Just quick, quick uh, clarification. Do those scores factor in the one bonus point per donut eaten, or is that is that get added up later? <laughs> All my points are donut points. <laughs> Twenty-four point zero, and then negative twelve points every bathroom break. <laughs> hey, hey! The same. We established the rules before the podcast. We have to follow them. Right. Rules and records, Mike. I already went over this. <laughs> yeah. So, which, which law number was that? <laughs> All right, Colin, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Mike. In addition to housing the MLS's Chicago Fire, Soldier Field has played host to many notable sporting events over the years. 
including the Gene Tunney versus Jack Dempsey. No relation to Flint, as far as I know. Uh, <laughs> long count boxing match and the Oprah Winfrey emceed opening ceremony of the 1994 FIFA World Cup, during which Diana Ross infamously flubbed what was supposed to be an easy penalty kick, somehow sending it wide left. As a 30 for 30 documentary by Brett Morgan reminded us, that commencement ceremony for the World Cup was one of at least five major sporting events that took place in the U.S. on what specific date? Ooh, I mean... Wait, is this first of all? I, thought, I was hoping that the question was going to be like, which way did Diana Ross miss? That's <laughs> right over the top. I was, I knew that. The World Cup kicks off mid June, right? So we're talking about NBA Finals. Oh yeah. NHL Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. What other? I mean, it's not about the five sporting events, but you're doing a good job of giving us a date range. Wait, what's the question? What date was it, right? Oh, yeah. So, and what yesterday was supposed to be the first... But these things change over time. Yeah. Like, the, I know for a fact the Super Bowl like is later every year, basically. It used to be in mid-January, and now it's like the first week of February. Right. The Super Bowl's on a lunar schedule. <laughs> Great point about the Super Bowl. we got to check our moon calendar. Do we need the um, exact date? Yes. Yeah. The specific. Yeah. The specific date, not the exact date. Yeah. I was gonna make you give an exact date, it will be wrong. We just need the we just need the year. The year is given in the question. Yeah, so that's <laughs> how we're gonna get it right. Um so no, we're go, we're going for like mid to late June. Early to mid, I would say early, early to mid. Because you think yeah, early to mid. There has to be something that pins the date though. Like it's so hard to choose a random date in June. So there has to be some major sporting event that we know happens on some day. The, the, there's recently a 30 for 30. That's in the question, is that there was recently a 30 for 30 about this. Oh. Well, it's the name of the oh. 30 for 30. Oh. Oh. The 30 for 30, 1994, yeah. yes. OJ. Oh, it's the OJ. Is that the- Was it the June 20? Fourth, for some reason, I want to say June 10th. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, I know who OJ the OJ, is, know that the OJ, OJ card chase, yeah, also, also coincided with the, the NBA finals, Houston Rockets, and some I can't remember. Okay, so we're getting there. We're getting there. They were playing the New York Knicks, and my dad was not happy when the game was interrupted. June, I want to say June 24th, 1994. I want to say June 10th, 1994. The difference between you and me, probably neither of those are right. It's got to be earlier. World Cups kick off, but those, those things change. And the finals are always late June. No, early, like first week July. Like the 4th of July. No, 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 the NBA finals. Oh, NBA, yeah. Okay. I want to say June 24th, because I feel like it's close to my brother's birthday. And my brother's birthday might be June 24th. <laughs> I hope that you're not listening at this point. So you're saying it, it's a, it's a, there's a finals, an NBA finals game. Yep. And the World Cup kickoff. And, and the, the OJ, NHL. the OJ... I mean, the OJ thing is the reason it's... I want to say the 24th. The 24th is really sticking... June 10th doesn't, doesn't do give me a visceral reaction. All right. It but sounds like you have more conviction than I have, so I'll go... I can remember where I was watching this. I watched... The, remember, I was at the Hofbrau in Helena, Montana. That's a good place to watch the World Cup. And the OJ was, Chase. 
<laughs> also, it's called the Hot Fry. Were you having a beer in 1994 watching the OJ chase? Listen, Helena was very eclectic. We got, back we got a car chase. Get to the Hot Fry. We're watching. Watch, <laughs> watch party the Hot Fry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my brother's birthday is the 24th. You too. were just drinking out of like a das boot at the hot brown watching the OJ chase at eight years old. I want to lock in the June 24th. Take it. Take it. All right. Mike, Don't be the 10th. Mike, what do you think? I mean, man, I feel like while you were in the, in the bathroom, Yogesh, we were talking about how the questions feel a little bit easier this round than last, or this, this time than last time. And then you really, you really hit us with this. And uh, I think we're all reevaluating those comments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any good reason to guess any date above any other date other than it's sometime in June. I'm going to say June 6th. June 6th, I believe, is also D-Day. I could see some shit that the U.S. government's like, ooh, what if we did the kickoff on D-Day and, you know, did some military tie-ins? So that is my answer, June 6th. Are you locking in June 6th? Yeah. All right. I'm surprised not a huge thought that maybe I was doing an anniversary thing and tried to go for June 11th. But, but I'm, yeah. I thought about that. Don't tell me it was June 11th. <laughs> so on, uh, I think in episode 34, there was a question about the Beethoven <coughs> where they're trying to decide between the 5th and the 9th, and then someone's like, let's just split the difference. So they go for the 7th. If you two had split the difference on your guesses of the 10th and the 24th, uh, 17th. Would have landed on June 17th, 1944. I thought 1990. <laughs> yeah. What were the events? So, okay. It was I, my I brother's think, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising amount of the documentary was taken up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Batman themed, a very, very nice cake. But just, yeah, off the top of my head, I think something NBA related, definitely like there was, a think, a ticker tape parade for the New York Rangers. Mm. Uh, the World uh, the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, something NBA related, something. What was the other? Oh, oh, yeah, the World Cup, and then Ken Griffey Jr. hitting like his thirtieth home run of the season, and Arnold Palmer playing some tournament. Uh, huh. That's the U.S. Open. Yeah, with the U.S. Open. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's not that happened, but I'm pretty sure about those. I'm pretty sure about those actually, and not the specifics, but definitely, generally, yeah, it was Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Arnold Palmer. Really. That was the, the subject of the 30 for 30? Or was well, it, it was, yeah, it was basically about what other things happened on the day that all the news coverage was about. The oh, okay. okay, all right. Mm. No one knows that. Really did that thing. Does anyone care? <laughs> you invented the Arnold Palmer <laughs> on June 17th. June 17th. Definitely not my brother's birthday. But yeah, I think a lot of us have kind of a flashbulb memory of what we were doing at that time, though. Mm-hmm. That's a good tip. Yeah, now that around the TV for the. Contenders at the Hofbrau. <laughs> yeah, and I think when the verdict was announced, like I was in elementary school and like the teacher brought in a TV, like yeah. on one of those TV cards. Yeah. In my elementary school, the principal made an announcement over the PA system that the verdict had come in and kids were cheering because it was like this weird phenomenon that nobody wanted to be guilty, right? So weird. It's like wow. so wild. Very, and a, like a weird thing to have a cultural, like, memory about too like it's not kennedy being assassinated it's like yeah oj like so strange bizarre yeah it's like the next thing after that that was like that was 9-11 yeah Yeah. and it's like well 9-11 like historically you couldn't understand oj thing yeah yeah strange yeah it's been a demise of the kind of monoculture with the entire country yeah Yeah. focused on one single event 
Oh, it's email approaches. <laughs> uh, that could be an episode title too. <laughs> really, just an overall theme of this podcast, my podcast. All right, Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. Although they are often referred to as sidelines and end lines, the technical term for the lines delineating a soccer field or football pitch or whatever are touch lines and bylines. What is the area in square meters of a standard pitch, such as the one at Old Trafford or Etihad Stadium or many others? In other words, what do you get when you multiply the length of a standard touch line by the length of a standard byline, including the goal line? Colin's algebra question. Isn't okay. So the max is <laughs> the max is seventy five by one twenty in yards. I don't know what that is in meters. That's uh, the max. Was it in? Uh, yeah, I'm looking I mean, at square meters. In square meters. Let's. Can we just decide to? Oh man. I mean, I. I've done my. I feel like giving it to you in yards. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> can you at least give us a conversion? Well, you didn't actually. You left the multiplication up to us, which is the scary part, honestly. Oh, I can't do that part. <laughs> I can tell you what I know. I was gonna say like seventy meters is the is the width, but I mean that feels right. If you told me it was seventy two or sixty eight, and we're like, I feel confident about that, I would say, oh yeah. Can we have like a yeah within within the... within five hundred square yards meters? <laughs> uh, yeah, this isn't one of those questions. <laughs> Get it on the nose. Do we like okay. easy math? Just do easy math. Yeah. So 70. 75. Are we allowed to use a calculator? No, no, but we could write it down. I don't have paper in front of me, Mike. I've got paper, but no pen. I've got we're really, pen. we're really out of luck. <laughs> All right, you got a pen. I'll visualize it. Let's just choose some numbers and multiply them. Like 70 by 110. Or 120. Or 120. Okay. I feel like one, I feel like 120 feels too long because yeah. when you look at like high school fields, the football field is usually a little bit longer than the soccer field. Does that include the end zone stuff? Yeah, which is 120 yards, right. isn't it? The football field is 100 yards plus two 10-yard end zones. I don't know. I don't watch football, guys. You're taking 110 times 70. That's seven seven zero zero. Yeah. 7,700 square meters. Damn, that sounds a lot. That's fine. I'll lock that in. That's fine. Did and N'Golo Conte covers every single one. Who does? N'Golo Conte. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Aronson. Brendan Aronson. <laughs> seven times 11 is 77. Three and then zeros. you add the two zeros back in. Two zeros. Yeah. Two zeros back on. Two zeros. Yeah. 7,700. Lock it in. Lock it in. 77 right. square meters. Plus or minus 500. <laughs> Decent attempt at it, but unfortunately not correct. So uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Colin's going to have to do some hard math. It seems like tough, very tough. This morning, when I was in the emergency department. No, you did not. I had a lot of time on my hands. I no, thought you to did myself, not. Should I do some studying for my categories? <laughs> Cheater. And I didn't do <laughs> some studying for my categories. Good man. I a book instead. This was one of the things I thought about looking up when I thought I should study. I was like, I could just look up things that he's likely to ask. I like the way you guys thought about this, first of all. Hats off to you both. Came up with numbers and then did the multiplication. <laughs> oh, but I mean, like the football field, you're like, hey, I lost more on football 120. Man. It's not going to be 120 meters. That's too long. So I'm, I like your 110 meters. I'm going to take that from you. 
I think you went too wide. Sorry, I can't only. Siri, you're trying to get in on this. I think you went too wide on that. I think at 70 meters is too wide. I would say 65. Mm. So then my math is to take away 550 meters from your answer, leaving me with 700, some thousand, 150 meters. That is my final answer. Sure. Okay. Well, 71.50. Yeah. So there's uh, there's some, I mean, there's some variation in how, you know, actual pitches are laid out, so which is why I kind of pinned it by mentioning a few that, you know, because because I found a document with all the Premier League stadiums are listed along with their dimensions. So mm -hmm. I, yeah. I could confirm, you know, at least it seems like kind of the modal one is, and what Wikipedia at least refers to, and a few other sources referred to as a standard I mentioned are uh, Washington. Neither of them were at yes, my both, both, well, I'll say that. Yeah. Both themselves college dropouts, but giving, <laughs> giving advice to college students. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, 6,800 plus 680 divided by 2, which is 340, comes out to 7140. Exactly. Oh, mm. tantalizingly so close. close. So close. 10 square meters off. Mm. Even I could cover that amount of ground. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very close. Feels like I should. No, it just stop. feels like that. I'm not going to get them. Listen, but it feels like I should. John, Look, you're going to get your donut points. All right, oh. just be happy with the donut points. I'm just going to eat another donut yeah. at this point. Just is, stop answering questions. Just eat donuts for the rest of this podcast. Smart, smart playing right there. You got to play your strengths. All right, calling in Mike now to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. The U.S.'s best ever finish at a men's FIFA World Cup came at the very first one in 1930, where they reached the semifinal before falling 6-1 to Argentina and are officially recorded as finishing third overall. What other team also made it to that year's semifinal, also lost 6-1 in their case to Uruguay, but are recorded as finishing fourth despite no third-place playoff taking place? All right, so the one thing I knew about this World Cup was that Uruguay won. So that's all. Yep. That checks off. Argentina also, it seems like, made it to the finals. They probably didn't finish fourth. Good point. Good point. I'm going to go hazard uh, something here that there were not, there's not a lot of European participation in the World Cup. Yep. Yep. So that should, you know, constrain our guessing. Um, I like where you're going with this. So an obvious one would be Brazil. That feels like the Rose Bowl of this question. Mm. Do we have a Stanford Stadium? The, I don't think so. I feel like the Stanford Stadium, so I'm pretty sure this was played in Uruguay. Definitely. So I feel like more likely teams coming from the southern part of South America. There's one country I can think of that fits that category that we haven't mentioned, which is Chile. Yeah. I'd like to nominate Chile as a possible answer. I don't want to lock it in. I mean, you think you think Chile is a better answer than Brazil? Is there a reason for us to think that? Just because you said that Brazil was the Rose Bowl 
of this question. You think he wouldn't be asking of this question if the answer was Brazil? Look, now you're you're talking about conjecture and speculation, Colin, and I'm just looking for an answer here. Uh, I think the only way we get to an answer is speculation. <laughs> I don't hate Chile, by the way, as an answer. I think that's in line with our, our pattern here, our fact pattern. Yeah, I mean, if you, again, if you felt like very strongly about any any country, I would support you. Any country in the world. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Uh, is, it, is now the part where we just mention a bunch of countries that we think is the wrong answer? And kind exactly. of get Palmer and, and Dan, like it was probably um, it's probably Czechoslovakia. Mm. They were big back in the thirties. We, we should name countries that didn't yet exist. Mm -hmm. Sure, they sure. we could do uh, that. All right, I don't know. You want Brazil or Chile? Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got the donuts in front of me. I can get points however I want. <laughs> <laughs> One option to get points. Um, I'm gonna. I'll say. I would say Brazil, just because. Again, I feel stupid if it's not Brazil. I think that's a good guess. All right, we'll say Brazil. Like them. Okay. Decent guess. I'm sure they were there. They probably played in every World Cup. But yeah, this is a super hard round. If I'm asking a World Cup oh, question, exactly. Probably See? Colin. Texture. Yeah. Dummy. Probably not going to be Brazil. Unless like, I guess unless. We've been like, hanging around Palmer too much. For these dumb answers. Do you know? Unless I'm trying to like I mean, double bluff you. But, uh, uh, yeah, pass to Dan. Mexico is the one that I've been thinking the whole time. Really? But also, it's a super hard. Peru feels a little harder. I thought of Peru. I don't know. Like, do we... Why aren't... Okay. Super hard. <laughs> yeah. Who was good at soccer back then? Scotland. Uruguay. Scotland was good at soccer back then. Wow. Hungary. Hungary, that's a few years too early for them to be really good, I think. Dan thinks Hungary wasn't even a country back then. I don't know when, you know, all of that Hungarian history happened. I should. I suppose you brought in Budapest. Bosnia. <laughs> My thing is, is why, why, why are probably we just World assuming... World War One was the end of all that Hungary stuff. So actually, Hungary probably existed. Why are we assuming that... Didn't, um, didn't the Vatican City send a team of, like, the best popes and archbishops no, across no, the world? No, they dressed in their, uh, their knickers and, and floofy shoulder pads. That's Mike, that was the Monty Python skit that got scrapped, actually. <laughs> I was thinking they would send, like, Opus Dei. <laughs> I, the flagellation that they do after they get scored on is hard to watch. My initial, like, thought was they didn't stay for the third and fourth place game. So they were like, well, let's oh, go home. that might be right. Right? They so, had to, like, catch their boat. Yeah. So that's my thing why my thinking is every country then my my thought was like like belgium or like france was or another scotland. one i still like scotland scotland could that. be scotland could be on there so scotland not actually a country though but they compete in the world cup i'm just saying just saying i i wanted it doesn't to, say country it says what other team <clears throat> I, that's that's why I mentioned the, the Pope thing. But I don't I don't hate France. I, I don't have any other reason to say like it's it's not it's not Scotland because I don't have any other reason. Scotland's a, is a good shout. What Scotland it's listen, super hard. Hold on. One. If you listen to Yogesh's podcast, he loves yeah. 
clues about the the Lipton tea guy. Mm -hmm. Good point. And in his last episode, <clears throat> yeah. he had a clue about the Lipton tea guy in America's Cup. So he had a ship. And where <laughs> was this guy from? Feels like Scotland could be right. Also, it's super hard round if you were going to take a random guess at a soccer nation. France might be a Scotland probably. Let's isn't. go Scotland. Let's lock in Scotland. I like Scotland a lot. Shouts to the Lipton tea guy. Yeah. Lipton. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So Thomas Lipton was from Scotland. That that part is correct. Yes. Holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Ed McIlvenny, who was the captain of the U.S. team in their their victory against England in 1950, was also from Scotland. That has nothing to do with this question. <laughs> <laughs> it holds up. In fact. <laughs> More red herring space. Yes. <laughs> so, so the answer here is that it was well. So I think I think yeah I think Austria Hungary and Czechoslovakia were all carved out of the Austro-Hungarian Empire when it broke up in 1918. They lost to Prussia. <laughs> <laughs> you are in fact looking for a country that does not exist that you couldn't find on the map nowadays. It's the country of Yugoslavia. Oh, I was gonna. That was someone said Bosnia. I started doing the stupid guess countries that don't exist or went around my initial thought was yugoslavia mm -hmm. but then i was like france and then we got into the lipton tea so <laughs> here we are i was getting distracted by tea questions all right that's a super hard <laughs> answer all right so yeah that that whole cycle i mean no one got any point so that was a wash so. <laughs> <laughs> a complete waste of time i like what we've learned is that you can be an intense hobbyist and that puts you at the only kind of hard level of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Super hard requires studying, which we don't do. We, we just can't be following for that. All right. Colin, Dan, and Ryan, the time sale from Mike. As mentioned in the previous round, the only, um, what do I call it? The only somewhat hard round. <laughs> the U.S. men's team was eliminated from the 2002 FIFA World Cup by a quarterfinal 1-0 loss to Germany. One major point of controversy during that game was a handball by Germany's Torsten Fring that somehow did not result in a penalty kick. I was really hoping the answer was going to be Torsten Fring because mm -hmm. I had that in the pocket. Long hair, another good part of the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so Fring's returned to being the center of a World Cup controversy in 2006 when, despite a labyrinth of conflicting accounts of who did what, he was fined and suspended due to a brawl between Germany and what other national team? This made him unavailable for the Cup's semifinal match, which Germany lost and was eliminated from the 2006 this was is, in Germany. Wait, are we, Colin and Mike are stealing from us? It's Team Forge, right? Oh, yeah. it is? Oh, okay. Yes, Colin, Dan, and Ryan to steal from Mike. Oh. 2006 in Germany. Italy won, so would have been around late in the tournament. He was not available for the semifinal? Correct. This happened, must have happened at the quarterfinal stage, was not around for the semifinal, which Germany lost. This is the... Come on, Dan, you probably attended this game. Yeah, we probably did. The only game I attended was USA versus Czech Republic, which mm -hmm. we lost. We played against Italy in that mm -hmm. game, mm -hmm. so that's not... Because there was like a bloody face elbow in that game, although I don't think it was a brawl. Yeah. Sorry, just recollections now. So the two teams, we know we're there, right? This is the final... This is the Zidane final, right? Yep. Italy versus France. I'm not sure either of those teams. Don't you think we would remember better the brawl if it was like Germany versus France brawl? 
or yeah. January well, Super League I mean, what was the third place game? Think of the third place game then. Oh my gosh. Wasn't didn't like Turkey or Mor- not Ooh, Morocco? This might be the year that Turkey went far. Yeah. There's a year that Turkey went far and a year that Croatia went far. But they would have Croatia year went they went far was earlier. But, but they would have they would have so the brawl happened in a game that Germany won though. So it yeah. wouldn't have been Turkey. Germany lost in the semifinal, so it has to be either of the finalists. It has to be either France or Italy. No, 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 no. no. The brawl was happened, available for yeah, the semifinal. The brawl happened in the previous okay. in the You're quarterfinal. Right. Yeah. And okay. so the quarterfinals were Germany playing the quarterfinals. France, Italy, Germany, U.S., Mexico, possibly Turkey, Croatia, mm. who's kind of seems to be always there. Spain. I feel like Argentina is the answer. Oh, Argentina's a great answer. That's a great answer because they're always they're always playing Germany, and they're always like and they're always having dust up for someone. Wait, no, 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 no. Is that the England who had a goal that Steven Gerrard hit the hit the top oh. and it crossed the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was definitely over the line. And then came back out and, and then it was that was like they lost and went out on that. Yep. They actually lost the game. Like I want to say I want to say England. Because that, that was definitely against Germany. That was hundred yes, percent against Germany. I want to say England. I like that answer a lot. Was that definitely the 2006 World Cup? I don't know. Yes, that for sure was. Okay. So that feels good. We know that was definitely, no, that def- definitely was because I remember the ball and the Ooh, ball was, wow, that's cool. it I, was that like, like weird, like the infinity okay, ball. I buy it. I'm saying, I want to say England. Mike, if you know this. Also, they're huge. I mean, Germany, England is a big, big, rivalry, yes, so that exactly. Yeah. And that that's was as good as I'm going to get to. I'm happy with that. England. I'm happy with that. And we know England went out at that stage. So that checks out with Germany winning the game. Yep. They always go out on quarterfinals. Yep. Yep. England. Run around for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Germany wins. Yep. Fits that narrative. England. Let's go England. England. All right. You're watching England. What do you think, Mike? Uh, I'm pretty sure the game you guys are talking about was from 2010. But, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, it doesn't make me any closer to getting the answer to this question i feel like this has been a good learning experience for me for when we come on this pod for a third time that i need to be more specific with my categories because my category was the u.s men's national team at the 2002 world cup and what i really wanted was some like random questions about like eddie lewis or tony sane (laughs) (laughs) and and so what i need to what i need to phrase my question as or you know whatever some shit like that be like the lives of the players at, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's on me. This is, you know, a loss ain't a loss. It's a lesson, as they say. As far as this question, I mean, I liked your Argentina. Uh, you know, Argentina, I feel like often known for dusting things up. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly, my, my category was the 2002 World Cup. I don't know anything about 2006 World Cup. It's a whole, whole different thing. So I'm just going to say Argentina and, and hope and pray. Okay, yeah, I looked up, uh, I scrolled up to see the exact wording. And yeah, you did say U.S. men's national soccer team at the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so specific. Yeah, yeah, if you, had, if you had phrased in terms of looking at like the team itself, I, I would have written different questions. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at all. This oh. is, this is, uh, I'll just be more specific next time. I left it open-ended if and I shouldn't have. Yeah, you're like yeah. the personal lives of yeah 
Tony Sane is live between ages five and 12. <laughs> but the clue I kind of embedded in here was labyrinth, right? Another thing I tell people, if there's a, a phrase that mm, yeah. seems kind of unnecessary, kind of, uh, you know, maybe it's a clue. It's not always, but if you're, if you're kind of stuck for how to proceed, that's one way to look at it. Labyrinth was the uh, first major English language collection of, of the story of Jorge Luis Borges. The great writer from Argentina. Come on, Mike. Good job. Good job. I mean, you guys had it. You guys just talked yourself out of it. You didn't, still you didn't stand up for your answer hard enough. Points are you giving yourself? Have oh. another donut. <laughs> you earned yourself a donut. Yeah, that's uh, question 22. Those are the first non-stolen points of the entire game. Wow. 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 Well done, Mike. Let's go. Let's go. It feels like you stole them from me somehow. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, everything else has either been a steal or a zero. But yeah, first time. I mean, it's it's a zero sum game here, Colin. So <laughs> someone's always getting stolen from. I appreciate that. All right. So here's another question that's maybe a little tangential to one of the categories for Mike Dan and uh, Mike Dan and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. On September fifth, two thousand nineteen, the Indian supporters group known as the Blue Pilgrims unveiled a giant tifo of what man? who captained the India squad at the 1948 Summer Olympics when they made their post-independence debut as a national team. A member of the Naga minority ethnic group, this man later earned a medical degree and directed health services in his native Nagaland region, where he continues to be revered. Oh, and his surname consists of two vowels, so you have a 4% chance of guessing it blindly. <laughs> wow. I was recently reading about an Indian footballer who was very, very good and had a trial at <clears throat> like, and he's now still a cult hero. He didn't accept the offer because by the time he got there, he was homesick and wanted to go home. So he went home, but he was supposed to be like the most fleet footed magical footballer anyone had ever seen. And so there it's like, what was his name? I don't know. <laughs> But I feel, that guy. I feel like it could be the same guy because, you know, I was reading a thing about him that was probably written recently. And this Indian supporters group is also keeping his memory alive in 2019. It all feels consistent. Mm -hmm. Still don't know his name, though. Two. It's a two letter last name. Two vowels. So 4% chance. Mike, you got anything? I don't, other than TIFOs would have been a fun category. TIFOs would have been a fun category. Should we just guess some some vowels? I mean, can we guess vowels that? I I feel like I would be a great starting guess, and O would be another good I O. Does that sound like an Indian surname? I don't know, but I O seems like a, a good last name. I don't know if it's better than E O. Ao for you, Ayo. Ayo could be a good one. I like Ayo. I feel like I've seen the last name Ayo before. Can we work backwards to decide if Yogesh is counting Y as a vowel and if that is mm. a four percent? If it changes the mathematics, <laughs> that's a job for for you, Dan. And yeah, that's the math. That math is outside of my realm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Ayo would be my best guess. Mike. Do you have favorite vowels you'd like to put together and make a guess? 
Palmer's already chose my two favorite vowels, which as everyone knows are I know. Big fan of I know. That's all I got. Okay. This is a Colin question. Yeah. There's no way Colin's gonna get this. That's fine. Good luck in I O. Okay, and for this one, obviously, spelling is going to have to count. So you're like an I O. Oh God damn it. EO? <laughs> yeah, I O. Yes, yeah, we're like I mean, an I O. Especially I'm not I'm not really certain of the pronunciation myself. So the spelling is gonna have to be the thing that, that answers it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So I O. All right. Mm, yeah, black and I O. All right, Colin. <laughs> I had a completely different guess. But then after all that, uh, you gotta spell it correct, Todd. I feel like I'll be a fool if I don't pick E O. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go for OA this whole time. OA. Just felt like that's the same way EO felt right to you. Oh, well, felt right to me. Okay. But after well, all, well, IO felt right to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. IO felt right to you. Oh, it felt right to me. But after all that, you got to spell it right correctly then. I'm going to go with EO. Okay. EO, lock it in. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. The, the OA, by the way, is another great television series. Oh, that's, yeah. That has nothing to do with the question, but like with Gordon Given, I'll just promote it any chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, his name, and, and again, this is, you know, kind of even within India, it's a minority ethnic group name, so I'm not really sure of the pronunciation, but I think it's something like Talimeran Aul, it's spelled A-O. Oh. Do we both get half points? <laughs> yeah, we all guessed consonants, or vowels. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were going kind of we, in a progression, right? Yeah, so the I-O, next version would have picked A-O. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Only there had been one more party playing, yeah. <laughs> Do you know if this is the same person I was thinking of? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't match up. It like doesn't mean well. what I what I read of his Wikipedia article doesn't match up with the story you're telling, but okay. I I don't know. Probably different. All right. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so Colin and Mike now to try and steal from Dan and Ryan. One of the worst Premier League seasons of all time was recorded in the 2007-08 season by Derby County FC which finished with only 11 points overall and just one win. Which team was that win against? <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, that's a very hard question. This is a very hard round. Yeah, but this is also, this is such a great question because the team that lost to this particular team, that is such an embarrassing, yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a great question. It's a great question. Just twist the knife. So, like, there's kind of like two ways we could do this, right? You either pick a team that you know would have been in the Premier League, and then you just hope that they're the ones who lost to Derby, or you pick a team that, if they were in the Premier League, they would have been bad enough to lose to Derby, but they could have been in the Championship at the time, right? Like, if you pick the first name mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm not saying I support this strategy, but it's like Ipswich, like they could have been in the Premier League that year. Or the, yeah. year, or the year after, but if they were in the Premier League, they were liable to lose to them. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, <clears throat> I feel like either way, we're kind of shooting in the dark here. I'm trying to think of if there are other clues that we could give ourselves. Yeah. There's not a lot of clues in this. No, there's no like, labyrinth in here. Yeah. Oh, seven, oh, eight. Cool. You know, one team that was in the Premier League was kind of bad. Everton. Wasn't Everton actually pretty good during this time, though? 
Yeah, they were actually. Uh, Doesn't mean they couldn't have lost. Definitely yeah. lost to Darby. <laughs> I mean, um, I feel like were there teams in this era that were like bad but trying to play good soccer? Like I'm thinking, like a team that came to mind for me was like Stoke, but I just feel like Stoke they're just keeping it buttoned up in the back. They're probably not going to lose to a really bad team. I mean, I don't want to give you guys guesses, but this feels pretty Spursy to lose this. <laughs> Man, I don't feel like I have a good answer to this one. Yeah. How about uh, Portsmouth? I feel like this was kind of around their demise. Portsmouth demise? That's a perfect example of like a team that might not have even been in the league at the time. Yeah. I was also thinking that Blackburn is a similar demise story around this time. Sure. I mean, we could just spend the next hour naming teams in England, and then if one really jumps out, we could choose that one. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Southampton. It's another team in England. Basically just Portsmouth, yeah. kind of nearby. Bolton. I think Portsmouth or Blackburn, yeah, are both fine. Six to one right. half the other. Which one do you want? Let's do Portsmouth. Pompey to their fans. Uh, yeah, interesting because in the previous game, Portsmouth was the answer that broke you guys' streak of correct answers. Uh, I do not remember any of that. <laughs> yeah. What time did we record last time, and how many years late. deep was I? It was late. It was late. It was an it was an island question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I do remember that? That's what I was referencing when I talked about how Douglas was now a city. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. We Isle of Man when we went there. Yeah. 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 So a, a nice, a nostalgic guess, but not correct. <laughs> not correct. <laughs> So, Palmer, are we willing to reveal what our categories are? So that's because what I have I was, a thought. Yeah, I do too. I was thinking that, like, if this falls underneath under our categories, which which category? Because if it falls under the one that's not as obvious for this, the hint reads like one category. But yeah. If the answer is a different category. It's a big hint. Can we? I, I'm willing to, for the sake of the podcast and entertainment. Me too. To reveal. Me too. So two of our categories. Wait, can Yogesh? Can Yogesh give us? Clearance to do yeah, this? Yeah, yes, you, you can reveal if you okay. want. Okay. Will Yogesh tell us which of our categories this one is? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> we can ask. We have two of our categories are Premier League records. Yeah. So this reads like a Premier League record. It question. does, but it feels like a London based team. London based clubs yeah. is one of our yeah. categories. So if, if the answer is in fact a London based club, that narrows it down significantly. Which could it, it could definitely be Spurs. <laughs> but it could also be you know any of the london West Ham yeah. or chelsea i mean there are a lot of, there are a lot of clubs too that i'd like to re-guess with that in mind <laughs> i still think it's probably a records question yeah because it's this is the team that had the most losses right right or the lowest points i but, was i'm in the same like vein as as colin and mike like initially i thought portsmouth like teams that yo-yo teams that mm, could right. go Norwich. up and down like nourish blackpool Ooh. which blackpool at the time in 2000 that like that era i feel like blackpool was up and down a lot i can't think it like stoke is a good is a good shout but i just don't think that they would lose to a team as bad as Derby County. Like Newcastle was kind of yo-yoing at that time. Like True. good one. I'm trying to think of other like Blackburn was a, was a, a good shout. 
Cardiff. I, any of these teams. Anyway, I can I mean, see you just have to, yeah, take a pick. But, but my heart wants to say Tottenham Hotspur just because I feel it like feels, it feels yeah, so Spursy. I mean, it's just it's the were, definition of Spursy. It is the definition of Spursy. And they weren't going to the Champions League final in that period. They were like, they were they good, were, but not great, right? They but were they top were, four. They weren't big four it, or big three or whatever that, it was at that the point. The thing, though, the thing about them is that they would. They, would lose they anyway. were because they they were that was like Harry Redknapp era, like that was they would have been in the in the Champions League, but they also would have been Spurs, and they would have lost to, to the worst to Derby County. Yeah. Yes. In history. So um, and it covers both. But I mean, it's London based club. So yes. Possible. I. And who knows? Like it may actually be interesting because it's not some terrible right. team. Yeah, it's like oh, the one time they did win, it was against. So this, the, it's the very hard round. Like, I think your your initial guess would be one of these like shitty teams that would yeah that you could see losing to Derby County. I'm okay with it. Or it could be Everton, but I would like Spurs. I like Spurs. Okay. Yes. Let's take Tottenham Hotspur. Lock it in. All right. Yeah. When I reveal the answer, it'll be clear which of these categories it was in. <laughs> the correct answer is Newcastle United. Oh, uh, the yo-yo. Also, by, by naming 50 clubs in the country, yeah. the chances are good we would have covered it, but that's all right. Yeah, Newcastle, that's good. All right. So now we enter the final cycle. There's only been one score chain. Mike, with the Argentina, moved from second into first. Well, Mike, good job, Mike. Let's go. Time to, time to wrap this pot up. <laughs> All right. So going into the final cycle, each of you gets one more specialist question and two chances to steal. We begin with Colin, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Mike. Bruce Arena earned only one cap with the U.S. men's national team as a second-half substitute goalkeeper in a 2-0 loss to Israel in 1973. Which goalkeeper did he substitute for? This man's Philadelphia Adams heroics landed him on the cover of the September 3rd, 1973 issue of Sports Illustrated, making him, not Pele, the first pro soccer player to ever appear on that magazine's cover. Whoa. What, what good <laughs> trivia. Uh, Tony Miola. <laughs> 73. Oh, oh yeah. Baby. Probably born in 73. Yeah, okay, so think of... All right, so the only way we're going to get this, right, is if this guy is still involved in U.S. soccer. Shaka Hislop. Mm. <laughs> but I don't think it's that good. Um, so also Steve Sampson? Is Steve Sampson a goalkeeper? Right, this is the way we think about it. It's like people from that era who... who you know who also was a goalkeeper? And that could have played goalkeeper in that era? Who? And is also a national team coach? Tony Bochico. That's so good. That is so good. That's exactly how I mean to think about this. But same age. I like there's no better guess. That's I agree. I agree. We're not gonna get better than that. Shout out to Ryan Palmer attending the soccer plus Tony DeChico. The DeChico Matthew. Well done. Yeah. That that would be my guess. We'll take it. Lock it in. All right. I think the fact that Yogesh is violently Googling something to see <laughs> suggests he did not get it right. <laughs> Who is Tony DiCicco has just popped up on you. I've hacked him. And uh, that's what he's Googling. All right. So you, you locked in uh, someone. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
some guy. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have anything, Mike? Uh, I mean, Steve Samson, the person who they did mention, that seems like a perfectly reasonable guess for this incredibly difficult question. So I will lock in Steve Samson. Sam Samson? I, is that, I think that's his name. Who knows? All right. Yeah. In terms of whether this person's still involved in, in soccer, I kind of remember something from Wikipedia about him being like a color commentator for whatever. The oh, is it that annoying guy who's a commentator for the Red Bulls? Oh, it can't be JP Delacamera. No, not that guy. A color commentator. He would be play by play. For, yeah. for whichever Philadelphia, what is Philadelphia's? The Union. Okay, yeah, that's right. The yeah. Onions. Yeah, they're, they're, I took up their fans aboard. There's like the Sons of Ben. Is yes, mm -hmm. okay. I've been a card-carrying member of that. <laughs> All right, I considered that for a question. No one carried my card. But uh, anyway, this man's name is Bob Rigby. Mm. Oh, Bob Rigby. Good old Bob Rigby. Robert Rigby. Wow. It's not the, I know, Mike, you were thinking about the guy who says... Uh, bulge the old onion sack no no not that guy there's some american dude who's been commentating for the red bulls who i find very annoying but oh, can't remember his name wrong. who's the bulge you it's sheamus no i think he's that, that was a uh, tommy tommy smith tommy yeah, yeah. tommy smith that's right smythe, that's a smythe he's got a watch okay we don't accept him he's not invited to our reunions where we play washers and stuff yeah, you only, you only have the Patty Smith who sang Because the Night, not the Patty Smith from Scandal. Exactly. <laughs> Shep Messing is the guy I was thinking of. I know who that is, yes. But unrelated to this question. I'm happy <laughs> with my Shaka Hislop and Tony DiCicco guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the answers to other good questions. Probably. Usually it was just the wrong question. Right. It's exactly. not the wrong answer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think if the John Barnes discussion had gone on a little longer, you might have hit on it. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure these are all these are all people who I'll look up after. You, sure they you all wanted have. us to talk longer at any point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have Stanford Stadium. Yeah, I mean, if it gets you to the right answer, you know, it usually right. doesn't. <laughs> okay, penultimate question of the game: Mike, Dan, and Ryan to try and steal from Colin. In 2019, Landon Donovan came out of retirement for the third time, accepting $250,000 to play part of one season for which team? It was an indoor soccer club in San Diego, I think. So, yeah. done my part, Mike. What's the name of that team? The San Diego Shockers. With a Z. It's got to be a Z. A Z and an X. Shockers or Sockers? Oh, soccer's could be good. Soccer, San Diego, Shipman, San Diego, Shockers. I don't. I I have no idea. What's the official trivia rules on that? If you know, if Can we asked for a baseball team and we said Baltimore, would that qualify as San the baseball team? I think for the super hard round, you definitely need the franchise name. Mm. Who does he manage? What's the San Diego loyal? The, the, the loyal. I almost wore their t-shirt today, but it shrank in the wash, and so it's a little awkward. I feel like San Diego Wave would be would make sense. But the More Milwaukee Wave. That's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Who are the Sockers? There's, there, I think outside of Chicago, there's like um, youth teams that are youth called team. the Sockers. Yeah, maybe that's why I didn't think of that. San Diego Rowdy. That's the Tampa Bay Rowdy. Tampa Bay outdoor team. I don't know. San Diego soccer is, is just as 
as good as as any other. Michael, this just feels like a question that. What happens in San Diego? They have a zoo. San Diego zookeepers. <laughs> Tigers. San Diego Tigers. I don't, I don't know this one, guys. This feels like one that if I had been looking at Wikipedia just a little bit more, I would know, but. San Diego pandas. San Diego. <laughs> Mike's life regret is that he didn't read enough Wikipedia. <laughs> San Diego whales. San Diego anchormen. Michael, you're only doing two hours a day now? I thought you were doing three hours a day. I've had to cut back. It's just doing too much GeoGuessr. It's too much. I don't know. I, I, I only know that it, it has to be alliterative. I will not support any answer that is not alliterative. San Diego soccer's then. Lock it in. Uh, I'm going to know it when I hear it. That, yeah. That's not it, but lock it in. That's fine. You locked in San Diego soccer's? Yeah. With a Z, please. <laughs> Colin, is that right? I believe that's correct, gentlemen. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah! No it way. Is, it, it, it doesn't change the order in terms of how many points Breaking people have. Up. Yeah, but uh, it is correct, yes. I love that Dan at the end said, that's not it. I'll know when I hear it. I was like, you guys have been <laughs> in the last five minutes, Dan. Dan, is that even your friend, Linda Donovan? Uh, I feel like maybe you've had a falling out. I'm sorry. I, not a good showing. Between this and Map Free, I'm feeling like really out of it. They stopped talking once he came back for a third time. <laughs> All right. So we, we do, in fact, have a situation where the first place will be decided by the final question. Yes. Yes. So, so it's definitely not me. I'm in last. So. Yeah, uh, Colin is mathematically eliminated. Yes. But uh, if if we get this right, Mike wins. Yes. Yes. Oh, sabotage! <laughs> Colin's going <laughs> to fall on a sword here. <laughs> do, it, do it for me, Colin. All right. So Colin and Mike versus Dan and Ryan. Colin and Mike going first. Back when the study of history in schools was more Eurocentric and specifically Anglocentric, it was common to say that the most important date in human history was October 14, 1066, when the forces of William the Conqueror triumphed over those of Anglo-Saxon Harold Godwinson at the Battle of Hastings and kicked off the Norman conquest of England. However, arguably just as significant was September 25, 1066, when Harold Godwinson decisively defeated a Viking army led by Harold Hardrata and aided by his own brother, Tostig Godwinson, in a battle that took place at what Yorkshire village? Okay, Mike. <laughs> I don't know what this category is. Where's the, where's the soccer from this? <laughs> okay, there. Yorkshire. All right, so I know one village in Yorkshire. Yeah, me too. So let's just guess that, right? Leeds? That's the only one I know. I don't know how we guess anything else besides that. Yeah. Also... What is this category that they, it's not London clubs. Battles of, battles of England. <laughs> it's not, what was their other one that they said? During the 10. Records or something. Records, really yeah. records. I don't know what their third category was, but it was whack. But yeah, let's go for Leeds then. Let's do it. Okay, that's, that's interesting. I'm thinking, not right then. <laughs> yeah. I think in the, the interest of suspense, I kind of have to keep quiet about it and pass it to Dan and Ryan. I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what the question is. <laughs> what am, what the question is, where was there a battle in 1066 between, you would assume, 
Harold Godwinson on one side and Harold Hartrada and Paul Stig on the other. Yeah, so the Anglo-Saxons versus the Vikings. Vikings. Well, okay. Godwinson sounds very similar to Goodison. <laughs> Especially if you do it with like a Merseyside accent. And if we're... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're, we're fighting the Vikings. I feel like we got to be coastal-ish. Liverpool. I feel like the Vikings like probably had enough range to land and then also move. Fair. Also, uh, our, and, oh wait, our, this this battle happened in Yorkshire. I can't tell you where that is, except that they seem confident that Leeds was in Yorkshire. Seems like it's between Manchester and Liverpool. It's up there. It's in the north. So our categories were where did this happen? What village? What village did it happen in? Categories are teams of London. Yep. U.S. Men's US National, National Team at, the World, at Cup. the World Cup. Any World Cup, Mike, not just mm-hmm. 2002. And, and Premier League Premier record records. So it's got to be a maybe a, a London team that has a name that's shared with a village in Yorkshire or something. That seems like a stretch. <laughs> I can't figure out what it would be. A Premier League record. It can't be a Premier League record holder. Well, we should know from the questions that were asked also if we're paying attention to the questions we know what category this is in the derby county was premier league records so it's got to be a london-based club it can't be a u.s men's national team what was the u.s men's national team question in this category for us um you can scroll up in zoom if you want <laughs> that's excellent that's point. uh i mean 2006 world cup semifinal maybe no because that was that was Argentina versus Germany. No, it was 2002. But it was related to it was related. That was it, the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so this has got to be... Oh, no, this it was is... the U.S. best ever finish in the World Cup in 1930. That was the hardest. Okay. Okay. Mike, you're making it complicated because you're overlapped. Anyway, so this has to be a London-based club okay. or have a tie in at least. We've already had Crystal Palace. Yeah. We've talked about West Ham. Chelsea. Ta- Okay, I'm going to go back to Tottenham Hotspur because they are King was Hotspur. Yeah, King was Hotspur. Yeah, Yeah. King. But this is like, where were they located? Well, that's the tie-in anyway. So, okay. If that's our tie-in, it doesn't help. That's all I wanted to get to. King Richard? King? King? What else is up there? Hull? What's the Hotspur question? Because it's based, the, the, the club moniker is is a there's a shakespearean i can't think of the the king it's not fucking it's not king lear sorry for that word richard that's what i want to say but does it matter what are we doing exactly what are we exactly we're we're trying to find a connection for anything that makes sense to us but i just feel like we're not gonna get there what's up around leeds ish because i think we know that leeds is in new yorkshire darby county I have no idea. Morecambe. Morecambe, I feel like probably is in the southern. I'd like to take the second bite at the apple after. Uh... Oh, after looking at your phone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else were we going to guess? Hull is up there somewhere ish. Liverpool, uh, Manchester. Blackburn, maybe. Bolton. Ooh, Bolton is like a historical feeling name. Yeah. Maybe just because it was a name in Game of Thrones. Sure. <laughs> I just 
feels like, like it's in there. Any of this sounds. I like Bolton. Okay, let's just lock in Bolton. All right, this is painful. All right, for no points, can I get a no points guess before this answer is revealed? Sure, as long as you didn't look it up on your. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let me just explain my thought process here. No, I didn't look it up on my phone. What uh, my thought process was the towns and or things we're guessing were too simple, like too easy, right? Uh -huh. And the category is your London clubs category. Uh -huh. So I had to think of a London club that's obscure. Uh -huh. For your previous category, when I thought of that, I thought of Charlton Athletic. Mm -hmm. So then I thought of Charlton Athletic again. And I thought there could be a village in Yorkshire called Charlton. That's like the Smith of villages. So that's what I would have guessed if I got to guess again. It's also kind of the Smith of English footballers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bobby Charles. <laughs> like it's, right. I was like, that's that's a name. That's a good name. Okay. And it fulfills the category. Whereas Leeds doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't fulfill right. the category. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm glad you at least all got on kind of the, the page about meta gaming and kind of narrowing in on your categories. So I did I didn't want I would have been disappointed if you just never touched on that at all and just made guesses. Once you got to that part, I was like, okay, it's a fair question because you you narrowed in on the right sort of things, right? Things that are associated with London football clubs. Yeah. So and, this and then we got Bolton out of the boot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then we totally disregarded it because we weren't smart enough to figure it out. But yes. Yeah. So this was the I guess the second of kind of the, the big three battles of 1066 that sort of determined who would end up in charge of England, basically, between the Normans, Anglo-Saxons, and Vikings. It's called the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Oh, oh wow. wow. The village is called Stamford Bridge. Hmm? That's that's cool. That, that is a great that question. is great. That is really cool. Outstanding question. Should we Stamford Bridge is the home of Chelsea? Uh, yeah. The uh, football arena. club. The arena, the if you will. Stadium. The Bruce <laughs> Arena, if you will. <laughs> that's a great question. That's a really good question. Chelsea, uh, London baseball. Fantastic. That's cool. All right. So we finish with Colin at 24.0, Suzanne and Ryan at 38.1, and Mike at 39.3. Go on, Mike. Go uh, on. Congratulations, Mike. Man, I mean, I feel great, but just, man, three and a half hour podcast, I think, <laughs> need to be spread out both for the participants and the listeners. Man, I wonder how many people are still with us. I mean, I know Yogesh has a loyal following of people who pay money. And I'm a little bit worried that there's going to be some Patreon unsubscriptions after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can we make a best of five, bud? Uh, let me talk to my what agent and get back time? to you. I'd just like to say I won. Colin won last time. Yeah. I Colin just, won on the scoreboard, but Mike really won in your hearts. That's right. That's what happened last time. This time I'm the I'm people's champ, baby. Donuts. <laughs> I've had the most donuts today and beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time Mike showed off a lot of impressive knowledge, even though he finished. Before. But yeah, you want to finish off with everyone kind of giving their statement. Basically, you can say whatever you want as long as it's not too long or offensive. It'll be kept in. Uh, it can be about the game, about the world at large, about any combination of those things in any proportion. It can be anything you want to plug, and we'll go. I think the lowest scoring player gets the last word, so it'll go Mike, then Ryan, and then Colin. That's Colin's only victory for the day. <laughs> so uh, let's start with Mike. What do I want to plug? I want to plug 
Shout out to my neighbor, Eric, for letting me borrow his truck today to pick up some furniture. And uh, shout out to my union. That's all I want to plug. All right, Dan and or Ryan. You got this, Dan. This is why you're CEO. There's a lot going on in the world. And sometimes, you know, this is frivolous in the law, in the, the wider scope of things. And I think that's okay. Take care of yourselves out there, folks. Do things that make you happy. You don't have to be depressed every day. You know, maybe sometimes, but not all the time. You're here. Yes, we, we mentioned the uncomfortable truth about racism, but we didn't actually talk about the uncomfortable <laughs> truth about racism. <laughs> that would be another three-hour podcast. <laughs> Did you want to say anything, Ryan? Dan covered it. Good job, Dan. That's why he's our CEO. All right, Colin. Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> well said. Well said. All right. This has been episode 18 of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shrout. Thanks for listening. Woo! Good job. Good job, everybody. Yeah, that was fun. Woo! How much do we have to pay you to do this all the time? <laughs> it's so fun. Honestly, yeah. I would pay. How many donuts? <laughs>